This is Free Talk Live. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for listening tonight. I am Stephanie here with you, and I actually have some very special guests in the studio to start the show off. Look at what I have planned for you. You guys are going to love this. <laughs> I want to give out our number real quick before we start the show. It is 603-435-1105, and you can call us with your thoughts Bring up anything that's on your mind. And of course, you can always watch us at cam.freetalklive.com. See what we're doing in the studio. And if you are watching the cam, then you already know who my special guests are, but (laughs) they're waving right now. I want to introduce them. They're two special guys and a third special guy who is uh, not here because we only have two microphones, but he's here in spirit. They are Damo and Bo from Liberty on Tour. Yeah, so we appreciate you having us. That's libertyontour.com, guys, if you guys want to check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, the third member who's not here is Pete. And he's he's here in the background. He just uh, maybe we'll have him sit on someone's lap so he can get on the mic. Hey, Pete, you want to say hi? He just walked in the studio. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have the whole crew here and um, we're going to talk about a new project that they're starting out. I wanted to have these guys on the show just so they could um, let everyone know what they're doing. They are basically famous. They they have a long resume at least uh, Adamo and Pete do, they have a long resume of going across the continent. I don't like to say country, sounds too statist. The political boundary known as the United States. <laughs> exactly, in a motorhome known as MARV, which is the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. And they basically go around and spread the message of freedom far and wide, which is a really cool thing, and they meet a lot of cool people along the way. And if you are watching the cam, you can actually see that uh, two of us in the studio have matching hoodies on. That's right. The which, two cool people. Right. <laughs> which, which, if you like one of these awesome Gadsden Liberty on Tour hoodies, you can go to libertyontour.com slash support. Help keep us rolling and rock some cool Liberty swag at the same time. Exactly. It's a and mutant. look like Stephanie. <laughs> and, and look like Pete, too. It's, <laughs> it is a mutually beneficial exchange if you go out and support these guys because they're doing a really cool project. Not everybody's able to take off on a, a motorhome just um, going across the country sp- or across New Hampshire in this case, spreading liberty. But we certainly appreciate them for doing what they do. And let's see, I was gonna I was gonna say um give a little history of what you guys have been doing. Originally Demo and Pete were doing the Motorhome Diaries, which was back in two thousand nine, I think. Two thousand nine, yeah. Yeah. Way making, back when. Shooting video, making a bunch of um <laughs> Pete showing off his motorhome diaries shirt on the cam. Um, they were shooting a bunch of footage for maybe like a documentary about the search for freedom in America. And I'm not sure if they found it right. Well, exactly. I mean, Motorhome Diaries was basically the broad scale freedom movement. We did uh, seven months in MARV, the Mobile Authorities Resistance Vehicles you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- then Pete and I decided to do Liberty on Tour, which is more activist based, more you know on the ground, get involved with the folks who are really scaling back the size and scope of government. And uh, that's what we're looking to do with the Free State Friendship Tour that kicks off here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to uh, five cities in New Hampshire, one in Massachusetts, due to our personal experience there facing felony wiretapping charges, which if anyone's yeah. interested can check out uh, coplock.org slash Greenfield. But um, basically we're going to do uh, the Seacoast, Manchester, Grafton, uh, Keene, and Porkfest uh, here in New Hampshire. We're going we're gonna to cover the best of the best. Embed ourselves with activists like yourself, Stephanie, and, and see what everyone's got going on and hopefully promote the Free State Project to those within New Hampshire and to those without. So hopefully it's going to be a great time. And we've just acquired the great skill of Bo, who, uh, you know, Pete and I have been doing this for about two years. Bo knows. Bo, Bo, Bo does know. 
But Pete and I have been on the road for about two years, and you know we're just two dudes in an RV. That's all it is, and we're just trying to educate people. But Bo brings a new dynamic, and we're hoping to expand the uh, reach and uh, uh, I, I, you know, outlook of of Motorhome Diaries. Right. So yeah, just to uh, reiterate, with uh, Motorhome Diaries in 2009, it was a day with myself and Jason Talley, and last year with Liberty on tour, we uh, it was just a day with myself. But this year. We're bringing Bo on board for this project, and uh, Bo, Bo brings a lot of uh, skills to the table, video editing, graphics, you know, press writing, a lot of stuff. So we're really excited about uh, our capacity growing and uh, our impact. So if you have any uh, story ideas, listeners, uh, for New Hampshire, things we should look into, things we should uh, potentially follow up on, uh, let us know at uh, libertyontour.com slash contact. Yeah, absolutely. I know one of the biggest things that you guys do is film different events and film. Sometimes you get spontaneous footage of cop blocks, as it were, and you put out videos for people to see. And I think that's a really effective outreach tool because people like to watch videos. It's entertaining. It has a little bit of this kind of reality TV aspect to it. You know, these guys traveling around in a motorhome and uh, fighting against the Maybe I shouldn't say fighting, spreading the ideas of freedom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, we all, you know, Pete, myself, and uh, I don't want to speak for Bo, but what I believe Bo is with is a voluntary interaction. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we try to highlight. We try to show that, hey, this is us doing it. This is people out here in the real world doing it. And, you know, you're not alone. I remember back me in like 2006, 2007, being in Wisconsin, and I was the only guy who had these ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't yeah. exactly a voluntarist at, at the time, but... Uh, limited government, scaling back, whatever. These issues were important to me, and they're not to everybody else. And so I, I know what it's like to feel alone. So with uh, Motorhome Diaries and, or excuse me, Liberty on Tour <laughs> and uh, our other projects, we tr- really try to just be educational, try to show you what is going out there so you don't feel alone and you can pick and choose which tactics you like that yeah. we find throughout the country to you know bring to your local area. Yeah, absolutely. When you said you, you felt alone living in um, Wisconsin before, I could totally relate. I came from Massachusetts and I moved in 2006 to New Hampshire to participate in the Free State Project. And wow, it was a dramatic change just being around people who have similar ideas. It really kind of brings you up and challenges you in terms of developing your own personal philosophy about liberty. And so I think that's one of the things that you guys are trying to reach out to people and promote. With Well, this. maybe we can get a, a fresh new perspective. Bo, you've only been here about 48 hours, something like that. <laughs> that yeah. What do you think, man? Did you, did you find anything like this at home, what you've experienced the last two days? Well, no, that's exactly the the thing is, is uh, back home for me, Southwest Florida, there's, um, it's, it's, it's terribly statist, I have to say. Yeah. And, and, um, coming here, seeing so many people centrally located, um, for the sole purpose of freedom and liberty, um, I, I can't, um, express how awesome it is to see this. And, um, and it's something I hope to, when I visit my hometown, to bring back and, and share with my friends and family back there. So, Oh, yeah, that's awesome. great. Um, I mean, if I could just uh, interject quick, Bo, I mean, I think when you go back, it'll be for a visit. Because, he I mean, said, like he now, said visit, you're, though. You're in your new uh, community, your new home. I mean, so many awesome people up here and so, many, so much great going on. I do feel at home. That's great. That's good. So what are some of the specific things that you all are going to be doing in New Hampshire both in terms of outreach and like which events are you planning to hit hit up when you uh, on your I guess on the trail to Pork Fest. Well, sure. Ultimate- our, our our first week starts off in Greenfield, Massachusetts, and like I stated, Pete and myself are facing felony wiretapping charges as well as some other felonies and misdemeanor yeah. charges. Again, everyone get a complete overview of the story at uh, copblock dot org slash Greenfield. So we have a motion that Pete's going to file there to. Um, remove the charges that stemmed from the search of the RV, which had nothing to do with the incident. 
Again, folks can check this out. You if were they, arrested for filming police. For filming police, right. yes, essentially. So yeah. we're going to go around there and try to try to raise a little havoc. And, and by uh, the way, this was more than a year ago, and you've been waiting. Well, not more than a year, about 10 months. <laughs> okay. About 10 gotcha. months. Yeah, it was last July. Oh, July, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to go around there, try, just try to highlight this point and see how, you know, you know, you're supposed to, the government is supposed to work for you. This is the, the you uh-huh. know, <laughs> right? We are your servants. But no, that's not how it works. It, you know, the only thing the government does is protect its own turf. It's, it's clear and simple. You know, anyone who takes more than 10 minutes to look at it can understand that. And uh, so we're going to go down there. And then, and then it's New Hampshire. We're going to highlight activists, organizations, uh, events. We're going to hit up Bardo Fest in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, and just to uh, underscore what Adam was saying, like we've been around the country the past couple of years. And I mean, there's a lot of, awesome pockets of activists in a few communities in a lot of places but like new hampshire just has the sheer number advantage which means a lot of tactics being tried and a lot of support you know there's a lot of i know there's a lot of people that i meet online that that you know they don't have a lot of support in their area and and therefore they feel a little bit uh uh intimidated right to to stand for what they know is right but here in the shire i mean it's totally different there's a lot of folks uh, wherever you're going to move to, and uh, right. I encourage folks, to, you know, if if you if you're able and interested, make the move, and if not, you know, try to replicate the stuff going on here. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're facing a five dollar parking ticket here or felony conspiracy to grow marijuana charges. You will have twenty activists at your trial. You will have people outside promoting freedom. Uh, Absolutely folks. true. So thanks, guys, so much. Check out the Free State Friendship Tour, LibertyOnTour.com. Check out the back of my hoodie if you want the URL. Exactly. <laughs> and thanks, guys, for coming on. Thanks, Steph. <laughs> we'll be back. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. Give us a call. Welcome back. This is Free Talk Live. I am Stephanie here with you tonight, hosting the show, and I have some special guests with me. We had uh, Pete, Ademo, and Bo on the show the last segment. I'm Pete. <laughs> That's I right. Can pull that off, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pete has suddenly become a lot more effeminate. Oh no, actually, it's it's Meg, right, Meg? <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> and Meg, of course, is a Tuesday night co-host of uh, Free Talk Live, right? And now she's here on Sunday. Yeah. Although this week I'll be on Monday, so just all kind of crazy Meg this week. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're in the mix. <laughs> and of course, we also have another host, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hello. <laughs> so Andrew got fired from Nick Ryder's um, Sunday show. I didn't, actually. Well, well, you didn't? Oh. As of next week, I'm not yet. <laughs> You're unfired Until temporarily. Until Carolyn demands to be on. Uh. Wow. He's a very capricious host. You know, we, we love him on the Sunday crew, but he's very capricious. Andrew was um, telling me the story that, uh, you know, he's usually appears on Nick Ryder's Sunday Free Talk Live, which he's going to be hosting next weekend, I think, next Sunday. And Andrew was telling me that he got fired from that show. And I was very disappointed because I always like to hear his voice on the air. So I thought I would invite him on my show. Well, actually, Nick said he was going to fire Puke. And I said, no, you can't fire Puke. He said, fine, then you're fired. And I said, oh. (laughs) Well, you're taking one for the team. Yeah, and I think that... You know, you should have a guy's perspective on a She Talk Live every once in a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think it would be good to call this a She Talk Live with a man. Exactly. Yes. Or Andrew, at least. We're all inclusive. (laughs) We don't discriminate based on gender. Right. (laughs) Right, Meg. Uh, I do, but that's okay. <laughs> also by color and no. <laughs> so anyway, we have a lot to get to in this segment because um, I don't know if you guys heard, but the rapture is coming up. Yep. Well, then hurry up. <laughs> this week? 
We got to make sure that everything is um, is talked about before that. We got to make sure we exhaust our show prep before the rapture happens, because we will never have another chance to have Free Talk Live again after the world ends. Well, no, the world doesn't end till October 22nd. Oh, it's just five months of torture from May 21st on. Wow. Apparently five months of torture. And then the world. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's what religions like to do. They <laughs> tell you that you're going to be tortured in hopes that you'll be a good boy Well, they or won't girl. because uh they've got, you know, their rapture hatch that they just go up to heaven and they don't <laughs> endure the 5 months of torture apparently. Wow, I want a rapture hatch. That I sounds know. pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway, we wanted to make sure that we covered all of our show prep because we were concerned about the end of the world, but if you have something that you want to discuss, please give us a call. Our number is 603 603- Four three five eleven oh five. One more time, six zero three four three five eleven oh five. And bring up whatever's on your mind. And of course, you can always watch us on the cam freetalklive.com itself is a great website with lots of free resources. So go there and check it out. And okay, so Meg has been on the show before and has been very active with, uh, I guess, standing up against the TSA. Oh uh, yeah. Call, you call it that? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't intended to be that. It just sort of ended up being that, I guess. Well, you know, sometimes I think the best activism actually comes out of just you're living your life and you're trying to live yeah. free. Yeah, it wasn't even a situation where I had refused anything by the TSA. I was just a bit uncomfortable. I started asking questions and they really didn't like my questions. So circumstantial activism. Yeah, it just came mm into this huge big thing and it was never intended to be because at the time I was in Florida and I honestly didn't know if I'd even have a ride home from the airport if I got you know in trouble in some way so right it was like luckily Pete the guy who was just on here he got my call and he was still down there so I got picked up but like in those situations you know it is important to be in a place like New Hampshire because if that happens you have plenty of people like oh yeah I can go pick you up it's fine yeah but absolutely agree (laughs) And, uh, you know, the situational activism thing is is really true, because eventually if you go through your life and you're living as a free person, for some people, that means not carrying ID around. For Mm -hmm. some people, that means not registering their cars, as was talked about this week on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I don't even drive because of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, For some people, it means... Um, I don't know what Andrew, did you have any (laughs) do you have any situational activism that you like to do? Um, I don't want to incriminate you. I was thinking of something. No, I mean, I I do have three out of four vehicles are unregistered or registered elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I did hear the FTL you were speaking of earlier in the week with Michelle Seven. Yeah. I have not had the luck that she's had. Oh, so you have been pulled over for not registering. Oh, yeah. Um, I went to jail when I first moved here. Yes. For an unregistered car. Wow. Yeah. Well, and And they told me, unlike Michelle. That's unfortunate. I'm jealous. You you don't you have need breasts. to grow some boobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, if if he had boobs, that'd be kind of more disturbing. So mm. don't do that. I'd probably creep him out and he'd leave me alone, though. True. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, these are all examples of of things that are important issues to us. Um, for me, let's see. What would be my hill to die on? I've often thought of this. Um, I don't know. I, at some point, I may try the freedom to travel thing or mm-hmm. not paying property taxes or something like that. I haven't quite gotten to the point yet where my fear is uh, to a low enough level where I can feel comfortable pulling that kind of thing off. But I certainly don't hold back from, you know, going to uh, protests or anything like mm-hmm. that. I'm definitely not quiet about my beliefs. So 
I don't know. We all have our things that are important to yeah, us. Yeah, and the thing with facing fear, like I was definitely a very shy, quiet, in the background, you know, keep my head down, don't cause waves type person. And when I finally did it, it, it was just like, okay, this is the worst of it, you know, like, mm-hmm. especially since my first arrest was here and I was with a bunch of people and You're I was in keen, right? Yeah, I was comfortable. And so, you know, I thought worst to worst, the jail here is pretty nice. You know, it's nothing really to be that afraid of. And so it gives you more courage to do it in the future. When you face it, realize it's it's not that bad. And then you can do it again. So Yeah, that, I like that advice because f- fear has been something that I've spent a lot of time trying oh, yeah. to work out, getting over and stuff. And Meg, you work for yourself, so it's probably a, yeah. little, a little bit um, more freeing in that respect. It is, but it's also difficult. <laughs> sure, sure. I understand that. Um, so... Anyway, I, what I was trying to say with all that uh, situational activism, and I love that term, I'm going to keep using it, Andrew, <laughs> is that luckily you two and all the other activists, for the most part here in New Hampshire, are principled enough to stand up for their natural rights mm-hmm. in situations where they encounter people who would violate their natural rights. And in some cases, they're principled enough you know, to take it all the way, um, as you did, Meg, and you ended up being... Uh, expunged from the airport and <laughs> yeah. a whole flurry of media attention on you. Yeah, that was unpleasant to say the least, but yeah. it, it happened. So, you know, it was something I didn't intend to do. It happened just because, you know, I, I was a normal, I finally felt I, empowered enough, I guess, to mm-hmm. stand up for things that I would normally say. The things that I'm saying in my head now, I just say out loud. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how much of a difference in your life that makes. I mean, when you believe these things, why not just say them? That's why I ended up in jail. <laughs> yeah. And then you're you're actually truly free. I mean, even mm-hmm. if you are in chains, uh, even if you are in jail, at least you don't have those psychological chains weighing down on you, thinking to yourself, I can't do this. I can't do yeah. the things that I feel are right or that I want to do because uh, I'm afraid of the consequences or whatever. Yeah, but the consequences seriously aren't as scary as living with the fact that you're letting people do that to you. You know, like that's so much harder to live with. And in the case of the TSA, you're letting people touch you in places that you wouldn't want to be touched by a stranger. Yeah. And that's very scary to me, which was why I found it really disturbing. This uh, news story came out this week about a baby that was being patted down by the TSA. And maybe we'll have to discuss this in a moment. Coming up, we'll talk about the woman who held out her child as a sacrifice to the state while the TSA patted him down. It's Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. Give us a call and bring up whatever's on your mind. More coming up. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Andrew. And Meg. Yes, indeed. And we're so glad to have you listening to us tonight. Our phone number is 603-435-1105. And we would love to hear from you. Are you going to be our first call call of the night? (laughs) We hope so. And we want to hear about what's on your mind. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about what we want to talk about. And in the last segment, we were discussing situational activism, the idea of being put in a situation where you're forced to choose between caving in, being obedient, I guess, and following your principles, the consequences be damned. And sometimes they are, um, sometimes they're pretty harsh, but oftentimes they're much more scary than they, they seem much more scary than they actually are. Right, yes. Guys? A lot of times when it's happening, it's not scary at all. 
And then yeah. you kind of look back and think, oh, that could have been pretty scary. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's not. It just depends, I guess. Yeah, it's also the state of mind you're in, like when it's happening. Like when I was arrested, the only thing on my mind was how much I had to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> the right. situation itself, I didn't really care what was going on. I just really needed to find a toilet. And if that was in the back of a police shop, sure. <laughs> you know. And this probably isn't the best message to send, but uh, being drunk makes it uh, oh, less yeah. scary. <laughs> I wasn't. But happened okay. to me once. Yeah. I have a feeling liquid courage makes everything less scary. It's true. Right? And I had it in my hand with the cop in front of me. Wow. Well, can you describe this a little bit more? Oh, it was um, an activist in Keene was arrested during a DUI stop, but uh-huh. not for DUI. He was arrested for not having registration or something like oh, that. It was I remember Yadra. this. Yes. Yeah. Right. There was a DUI checkpoint right near the, near the college in Keene. Yeah. Right on Main Street. And the cops were stopping everyone. In a Nazi fashion and asking everyone for their papers, right? Their registration and yep. their government ID. And so it's basically just a fishing net, not only to see if people are drunk, but also to see if they have their paperwork current. Right. right. And mm-hmm. we went there. Um, Nick Ryder drove us because he was sober. Mm-hmm. And we got there and there was a few activists there, but none of them seemed to be asking much about Yadra. So I asked the cops, you know, try to get the information I could. Mm-hmm. Couldn't really get a lot out of them, but I did ask them how many arrests they'd made tonight. Yep. And they said a few. And I said, how many DUI arrests have you made? And they mm-hmm. said zero. Wow. So and it's a DUI I thought that was the point of the checkpoint. So oh, I ended up going up to the traffic circle, which is like maybe a thousand feet away from the DUI checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And I found a sign that had an arrow on it. So I tried to direct everyone away from the checkpoint. Yes. And that's when the cops showed up. I see. Okay. Yeah, and I had my drink in my hand still, and I was in a good mood. (laughs) It was just me, and the cops walked up, and you know, then some activists showed up later, but nothing ever happened. He tried to hold me till he found out what law I was breaking because he didn't know. Unbelievable. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and in that case, you were just doing something that he didn't like or didn't appreciate, but there was no actual law being broken. Right. It was pretty funny though. We got video of it. Cool. Cool. That's great. Well. I think we've all had those situations and maybe maybe you could talk more about what happened with your vehicles, you know, when they got towed too. Was that scary? No, that was infuriating because mm. <laughs> I was like 500 feet from my house and the next thing I know is a tow truck there. Oh no. Yeah. And That's... I'm like, I'll push the damn car home. You know, wow. there's no reasoning with this fat tub of cop <laughs> that was uh, wow. harassing me. Not only did he give me a ticket, he had to tow my car. So that's why I was so adamant about not paying the ticket because oh, I had to pay a hundred bucks to go literally a block. And of course, that's just meant to punish you oh, right, yeah. for being disobedient. It's because not... there's been plenty of times where I've been pulled over with that registration or with expired registration or a different tag on the car. Mm-hmm. And I've been not towed. I've been let go. I've been told you can't drive away from here, but what you do after I leave is your business. Wow. So yeah. it's totally their discretion. Of course, yeah. And I mean, what would you what would you both say to people who say, "Well, we need registration because you have to get your car inspected and you have to make sure it's safe." Well, registration has nothing to do with inspection. There's plenty <laughs> of states that have no inspection, and as far as well, identifying they need to pay your for the vehicle, somehow, don't they? Well, the registration thing is all about identification, isn't it? That's why you have a number on the back of your car. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's a number that's printed on the car in numerous places when it's built called the vehicle identification number. I mean, identification. We, we have to in make sure you're not a criminal, and we have to get your money. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know that stuff. It, it went so far beyond me so many years ago. There was too yeah. many steps involving the state that I just gave up, and I'm like, I'm going to ride a bicycle from yeah. here on out because you know you've got the registration, you've got inspection, you've got plates, stickers, 
all sorts of fines and fees for not doing things right. You've got insurance. You've got taxes on your insurance. What kind of insurance is acceptable? You know, it's just too much interaction. And so I was just, I'll ride a bicycle. I, I don't care enough about cars to go yeah. through all that pain. Yeah. And for some people, that, that is ultimately what they decide. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, for me, it gets harder and harder every year or every time I have to get this stuff uh, you know, renewed or whatever they, or they, I don't have to, they asked me to get this stuff from renewed and I'm like, well, you know, I want to be able to come to Keen to do free talk live and I want to be able to drive for my job and want to be able to go to work. And it's just, it's really hard. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to bring myself around to that point where I'm caving into them. But, um, you know, maybe this time I'll do some stuff like bring a video camera into the DMV or. Yeah, I did that one. And I I tried to because I had to get like an ID card just Mm -hmm. so I could approve my bank account name, which it seems like the dumbest reason to get one. But they force you you into it. Yeah, they force you into it some way. Right. Yeah. So I go in there and I was I had Ian with me with a video camera trying Mm -hmm. to tell the lady that I couldn't sign it under good faith because I would be lying if I checked off the I'm an American citizen box because nobody can be a citizen. Yes. And of course, because what is a citizen? A citizen is somebody who pledges their allegiance in exchange for some form of protection. But the government of the United States has no requirement to protect you. And so it's not that I'm failing on my end. I mean, they require (laughs) my, uh, I don't know, something from me. And so like I have to be subservient to this group that, isn't going to protect me so i can't check off that box and sign it and be telling the truth which i can go to jail for not telling the truth Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's like a catch-22 and she just she didn't get it at all (laughs) (laughs) but maybe some people who watch that video will yeah so i mean there's value in it in that well the first 20 minutes is just her going next door to the state troopers seeing if we can even have cameras in the dmv wow (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And of course, the camera wasn't hurting anyone. It's just like, okay, does this violate our arbitrary procedures? Yeah. Oh, this makes me uncomfortable because I don't like what I'm doing here. What I'm doing here is hurting people, inconveniencing people, yeah. and generally unpleasant, making everyone's day worse. Well, <laughs> so. I mean, there's no sign anywhere or no expectation anywhere that the conversations you have with these people or things you see them do is going to be private in any way. Mm-hmm. So if you had a photographic memory, mm-hmm. you could just remember all this stuff and explain it verbatim. But nobody has that, you know, yep. to the point where you're going to trust it. So the video camera just seems like a person with a photographic memory that can relay that back to you. How is that in any way, shape or form a danger or a threat? And these right. people treat it like that. Yeah, it shouldn't be if they're proud of what they're doing. Yeah, really. I mean, well, they can't change their story after the fact then if there's yeah. footage. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> they'd love to be able to do that on call. So anyway, at the end of the last segment, we were talking about this story that came out about a woman who, I guess, from the news reports, um, was very much supportive of the TSA. And there's this photo that kind of made it out in the news of her holding up her baby, almost like a, here, take my baby, you know, like yeah. a sacrifice, kind of very willing. And the TSA is poking around in the baby's diaper and doing all kinds of awful things. And it just reminded me of this very touching story. I think I read it um, on LouRockwell.com and it's rerun. I mean, it's been 10 years since they've been doing this crazy crap at the airport, making you take your shoes off and not drink water. There was a a story of a man uh, who was writing about his pregnant wife who got humiliated and touched very inappropriately by the TSA. And this was even before they started the enhanced pat downs and stuff like that. 
And I just think of that story every time and it, my heart just breaks for all the, the kids and the pregnant women and the disabled people and really everyone. It's not just them. Yeah. They have maybe the most sympathetic face, but really anyone who's being touched in this manner is a, and, a victim of aggression. Yeah. And those are like the obvious ones that you can see, you know, just standing beside. But you can never know, like every person that goes through is potentially a sex crime victim. How are they dealing with it? You know? Absolutely. And if, if you want to call in with your thoughts on this, 603-435-1105 is what the TSA does. Sexual assault. Would you go so far as to call it that? And we'll have another interesting question coming up when we return. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be back. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Stephanie. And Andrew. And Meg. Yeah. I got a little confused. I waited until I got pointed at. <laughs> I'm just going to point because that's usually the chair that goes whenever I do it. So, Indeed. Yeah, that was a good call because last time I looked over at Meg because on She Talk Live last week, mm-hmm. we were doing it in the opposite order. It was me and then Carla who sits in Meg's chair and mm-hmm. then, the, and then uh, the third co-host, which was Jody last week. But we had started that trend with Buzz. Anyway, insider stuff you guys don't want to hear about. (laughs) Anyway, go to freetalklive.com for a lot of great content. That is the name of the show, Free Talk Live. They have archives going back all the way to 2006. Ways to promote the show, ways to entertain yourself, submit show prep, and all kinds of other good stuff. And of course, you can watch us on the cam if you go there. There's reason Not at the moment. I'm trying to fix something here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the cam is still on, even though you're adjusting. (laughs) Everybody needs to adjust themselves sometimes, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, except for guys are frowned upon when they do it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't frown upon that. I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm tolerant of it, although... It can definitely cross a line sometimes if it's There's a, constant a, yeah, or you can tell that it's, you know, itchy or something. If you shake it more than twice, you're playing with yourself. Right. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> anyway, um, if you have thoughts on this, you can call us 603-435-1105. Let us know what's on your mind. Anything goes. This is the show about your calls. But I have a question I wanted to pose to you, lady and gentlemen, um, on the show. Mm-hmm. Last segment, we were talking about the TSA and how... I would absolutely classify what they do as small station, which is unwanted sexual touching. And this is kind of a a question that stemmed out of a conversation that I was having at a social event today. And that is um, if someone makes an unwanted pass at you, basically a a sexual advance, and that could be, let's just call it a a kiss or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, And it's unwanted. Is that aggression? I would say a first context is key. Mm-hmm. But the first time I'd say no. The first time, yeah. So that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Because if you make it clear that it's unwanted, it's then, you know, then the person has fair warning and they know if they're in a fair state of mind and they can understand what you're saying, then they know that it's not okay to do that. And if they keep doing it, then it is aggression, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, if you say no at that at that point, it then becomes aggression if they do it again. What do you think, Andrew? I think that when it happened to me, I changed my mind partway through, so I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> did you, did you, get, did you get it was unwanted at first, then it became wanted. You know, after. I, I I kind of agree with that. Just that, like 
this one guy, you know, I was on a date with him and I was just, I really huh. hope this guy doesn't try anything. And then at the end of the date, he did. And I ended up really liking the guy. So, you know, like. So you went on a date. Why Why did you go on a date with him well, if you didn't think? He asked. He was cute. I don't know. I, I gave him a shot. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Just giving him a chance. Well, you know, he was going to take me to a concert. Nothing like super romantic, mm-hmm. high, you know, intensity or anything like that. And I. Just the whole time I was thinking, uh, this guy's sweet, but I hope he doesn't try anything. And then when he did, I ended up really liking the guy. So, you know, that's why I'll give them the first one free. (laughs) That (laughs) sounded really bad. (laughs) Well, see, that's I was thinking about that. And if you think about this, I guess, kind of from a philosophical point of view, aggression is like something unwanted that someone does to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And as people who believe in liberty, we try to follow the non-aggression principle, which is Basically, you should leave other people alone to live their lives as they choose, as long as they're not hurting you. And some people would say it's appropriate to use a proportional amount of force to defend yourself if you are aggressed against. Some people would say it's better to avoid force at at any cost, whether that's restraining the person who's aggressing against you or removing yourself from the situation or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I guess that would be more of a pacifist philosophy. Well, I think, I think the pacifist philosophy is more, um, against the aggressors right now for mm-hmm. people because it's not easy to fight these people with force mm-hmm. i guess if you show any sort of retaliatory even defense against the police you're going to uh, come out the bad guy mm-hmm. even in like a pr stance and so at this point for me p- being passive just means being passive to aggression that comes from you know the scene authorities because it looks bad yes i absolutely agree with that and uh I've kind of almost started to apply that to other situations too. For instance, it's easy to sit here and think about what would I, what would I do if someone, you know, if a crazy person ran up to me and started trying to tackle me or stab me or something like that. And what I like to say sitting here hosting free talk live, not being in that situation (laughs) is that I would do everything that I possibly could to restrain the person, reason with them if possible, if they're not completely crazy uh, remove myself, run away, mm-hmm. uh, get get out of that situation. But how are you going to restrain the person without hurting them if they're coming at you like with a knife? Well, yeah. you can like push you... them off or smack their hand, the well, knife right, out of their hand, force, or though. Uh, it it is. Although force. it's not the same as whipping out a piece and blowing yeah. them away. You know, what right? I mean? Well, it's uh, it's non lethal at least, I guess. And and yeah, you're right, Andrew. It but is it's not force. a total pacifist stance. A pacifist stance would be just to sit there and take the stabbing, apparently. I don't know if I would or move agree with and that. try and dodge it every time as it <laughs> continuously comes at you. I don't know. Ninja. Yeah, some retarded dance going on there. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to call myself... I don't know if I'm ready to call myself a pacifist, but I feel very close to that because I do like to say that I would absolutely do everything in my power to use the least forceful or the least violent solution that I could think of at the time. And I would actually stretch myself to be creative enough to think of something that could get me, get me to safety without killing anyone, without hurting anyone else and, uh, and still preserve my life and my well-being. Mm -hmm. So I'd I'd say I agree with that in full, except that someday I'd like to have kids. And I know mm -hmm. that if I ever do, if you even look at my kids wrong, I'll kill you type thing is going to take over. I, I just know that I'm going to get that instinct. And so for now, 
I'm, but would you take your kids and remove them from the situation? Or oh, would definitely. You, yeah. I, but, so you wouldn't actually kill someone. <laughs> no, but, you know, in a situation where I'm being attacked by a guy with a knife or whatever, I'd much more want the just remove myself from the situation. Whereas if I had children involved, I'd be going at the guys with a gun. Well, there's a big difference between killing the guy and socking the guy in the nose and taking his knife before he gets a chance to get a second try. Or just brandishing yeah. a weapon, because I think that's one reason a lot of people carry weapons is just so they can have it yeah have it yeah and i mean there is you know kind of a rule about firearm safety and it's like if you take it out if you draw it be ready to use it right because you don't want that threat to be empty i guess you could say but i mean even even just talking about that recently um you know i used to be interested in in shooting and firearms and i still i still am especially from the aspect of like oh can i shoot this apple yeah this accuracy kind of thing or like oh it would be fun to make this pattern on target or whatever but at the same time you know it's something i've been really grappling with whether being so into and interested in using weapons for self-defense mm-hmm. is such a good thing you know because i think it does turn a lot of people off especially people who are coming from sort of a liberal uh, perspective, mm-hmm. you know, where they're a little bit uh, scared of those weapons. You know, yeah. they don't think people should have them or whatever. And of course, I don't I don't think that people shouldn't have them. I just I'm saying I'm not sure if they're right for they're, you. Yeah. Yeah. They're right for me to be something that I talk about a lot and something that I'm real into and mm-hmm. interested in. Yeah. Well, I was just talking with somebody this week about how, like, when you become I guess career activists is what everybody up here in the Free State Project <laughs> yeah. has become. You kind of have to just pick your single activism points and stick to those. Because if you try everything, mm-hmm. it at some point you're going to be talking to somebody, you're going to be trying to drop everything that you're trying to cover. And one of those points is going to sound crazy to that person. So they're automatically going to write you off. And yeah. so if you can just stick to your few points, be really strong on them and then use, you know, use that knowledge in certain situations That works much better than having like the, you know, we should be free from the TSA and we should be free to hold guns and we should be free to drive and the Illuminati is bad. Like all of a sudden somebody jumps back and they're like, whoa, what's that thing about the Illuminati? Like you're insane. I'm not going to listen to anything. So, (laughs) yeah. And and people often cite that as like one of the first rules of uh, public relations is like don't mix messages. Yeah. Right. Stay on point. And I think there's definitely value in that. Um what do you what do you both think about the concept of doing this kind of single issue activism and forming coalitions with people who might not align with you on most things? For instance, like there are people in New Hampshire who want to get marijuana marijuana legalization or decriminalization mm-hmm. um, or maybe even medical marijuana uh, and that they make that their sole issue pretty much. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who want those things that are not into liberty. You know, they yeah. may well, want... Why not just use those people as tools to help your cause then? Well, uh, yes, that is the approach that a lot of yeah. people advocate. And it certainly does do something for the numbers aspect. And it gives them what they want, too. And it gives them what they want. But sometimes there are issues that come up related to that single issue yes. where you disagree <laughs> and then it becomes a problem. Like the legalization versus decriminalization thing. Yeah. Or medical marijuana, should it even... Should we even bother? <laughs> if you have thoughts on this, Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. Give us a call, and we'll be back. The 
This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're so glad to have you listening to us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Meg. And Andrew. You threw me off, dude. <laughs> there was a simultaneous pointing at each other. No, I didn't point. My you just was pointed more very aggressively. Oh. <laughs> well, was that an unwanted uh, That was an aggression? unwanted advance, dude. And I will consider that. Oh, no. Now he's touching me. <laughs> There's some poking going on in the studio. It's like Facebook. <laughs> oh, it just it so is. Yeah. So when someone pokes you on Facebook and it's unwanted, is that aggression too? Absolutely. No, that's just funny. <laughs> Yeah, I've had some strange pokes. I don't know what that's all about. Like they, the the people who made Facebook, they had to think of that as a little. I don't know. know. It made for a really funny Saturday Night Live (laughs) sketch, and that's all that I really care. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh yeah, it was a sex tape based on uh, Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) So there was the poke and the friend and the. Yeah, I know. Uh, Thirty Rock had their their you face, and and instead of poking people, you fingered them. Oh yeah. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, it, I love how the word friended has become a verb. Like, I friended this person. Or write me on the Facebook or Facebook me this. Like, Facebook yeah. itself is a verb now. I actually said that to someone today. Oh, can you Facebook me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or send. I said, send me a PM, and it was, like, obvious that it was Facebook, and the person yeah. knew what I was talking or about. Or Google or, you know, a text. Or, if I had heard myself talk, like, 10 years ago, the way I talk now, I wouldn't know what I was talking about at all. Yeah. Yeah, we don't speak English. We speak Internet. Yeah. (laughs) We're the dot-com era. It's so true. And, you know, um, if you have thoughts on, if you want to Facebook stalk us, you can call us at 603-435-1105. One more time, (laughs) 603-435-1105. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about things that are interesting to us. But, you know, guys, I got on Facebook a little bit late. I was a little bit late to jump on the bandwagon. I think it was like 2008 before I actually made myself a profile. And it was 2010 for me. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's right. You resisted for a long time, but then... Yeah, I caved. Resistance is futile. <laughs> you can't really exist anymore without it. I know. I mean, I'm sure you can. That's totally not true. But <laughs> just in our society, it's so basic now. It, you know, my mom's on it. Come on. That's how I talk to my mother. Oh, yeah. My parents are on it, too. And some of my pictures, I do not want them to see. Yeah. But- somebody come out with some sort of Facebook application where you can just click don't show my parents. And then all those things are automatically blocked from your parents. That would be great. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's an interesting thing because, you know, there are some people who have responded to this, like Dale, who is on Free Talk Live on uh, what is it Friday, Monday nights. Right. Yeah. Um, he has removed himself from Facebook and has completely gone off the grid when it comes to Facebook. But, you know, he'll still text message and email people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has some thoughts like, wow, it's really dangerous because it's just basically taking over people's lives. And it's a really elaborate way to spy on people. But That's why I didn't want it for a long time. Really? Yeah. I was kind of curious about that. So you had privacy concerns? Kind of. I didn't want my information out there, sort of. But that wasn't the biggest thing for me. It was just, it seemed like a huge, huge waste of time. Mm-hmm. And it really is. It is a big waste of time. That's true. Although I have to say, I honestly, if I really take a look at it, I would say that way more than ha- like more than two thirds of the stuff that I do on Facebook is related to activism. It's either networking with people who I might want to work on projects with or am working on projects with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a volunteer who's doing promotion for Porkfest. And I'm also part of a group called Free Aid, which is providing volunteer emergency medical services at Porkfest. And so a lot of the planning and organizing, and there's a lot that goes into that. Oh my gosh, it's so much work. A lot of the stuff that 
has that I've been doing on Facebook has been related to either free aid or pork fest, or it's been kind of conversing with people who I've known through those avenues, I guess you could say. Yeah. Or it's, uh, it's talking about activism. I mean, when, when someone gets arrested or when something's going down, I guess in a yeah. courtroom, you know, I, I get live updates on people's trials. I have kind of a conventional nine to five type job, so I don't often go to trials. Uh, it's very rare that I'll actually go to one. But like, for instance, Meg, you had your jury trial recently yeah. for the standing in front of a yeah, police car. Standing still. For Found <laughs> guilty. For standing still. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> but I was getting live updates on your trial mm-hmm. from Facebook and from Twitter. And I think they're really useful in those respects. And so, yeah. you know, for activism, it's kind of... Uh, but there's so many other methods besides Facebook to get the information out mm-hmm. that you don't need it. I mean, I didn't have it for the majority of the time I've lived here. That's true. And it's not really changed for me as far as finding out information goes. Like Keen 411, like her trial, for example, mm-hmm. it was all Keen 411, which... That's true. Yeah, it is Twitter, but it's just text messages mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, Jason Talley from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund will actually post live updates as CD Evolution covers different trials. And yeah. I, I remember watching the trial of Weed Claws on Facebook mm-hmm. through CD Evolution as well. Um, but, you know, case in point, at that trial, Emperor Evan, the emperor of Free Grafton, was arrested for wearing a paper hat in court. And eventually later his charges were dropped, by the way. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And it was just his, uh, it, I don't know, remaining charges here right. in Keene that he had to going for right Right, yes he was arrested and then they found out that he had a warrant in Keene for um some of his civil disobedience activism at Keene pumpkin festival of 2009 that was some um freedom cannabis freedom activism yeah i got uh i was right up next to him when he got arrested for that and that was a Mm. pretty intense arrest it was huge crowd watching him go and it's just very sad i always cry when i see him get arrested because he's a friend of mine and it's just like really, you're going to hurt this guy who's like 100 pounds and he's, you know, yeah. like, he's just so peaceful. He's he'd never hurt a fly, you know. Yeah. But getting back to the Facebook thing, um, after his arrest, I found out about it through a private text message from someone who was there. But immediately I posted to Facebook and a lot of other people found out about it that way. And I used Facebook to get in touch with his fam- his mother and mm-hmm. his family um, to kind of work out and keep her updated and, and get the details about what his situation was there. So... I think it can be very useful. We have a call on the line. Let's see Ooh. what the caller thinks about this. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Uh, this is Noah. Hi, Noah. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Ah, uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, how are you guys? We're doing great. What, what was on your mind? Um, uh, you guys were talking about the TSA earlier, and mm-hmm. um, the only input I had is I went to a music festival this afternoon, or actually all weekend. Oh, what was the and, music uh, festival? Um, it was the Nelsonville Music Festival in Ohio. Oh, okay, um, never heard of it. Yeah, well, um, the headliners were the Flaming Lips. Um, right on. I don't know. <laughs> so what happened at the... It was what my friends were into. I wasn't that into it. I gotcha. Oh, um, so anyway, the thing that I found kind of creepy was that uh, they searched everybody's uh, bags when you went into the entrance. And... My take on it is, well, it was kind of creepy how, you know, willing people were to, you know, fork over their stuff to be rummaged through. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of comes from the TSA culture. And 
Yeah. A lot of those people who are probably going to that are maybe, I would guess, in their 20s. And so for the past 10 years, they've been conditioned to accepting random searches in some cases. Or, you know, if they live on New York, in New York City, they have to get them before they go on the subway and before they go on a plane. And so little by little, you know, as people, as younger people grow up, they've been experiencing this from a young age and they stop questioning it, I think. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I held on to that really the TSA bugs me so much because of this is I love seeing like either kids or couples that haven't seen each other in a long time coming off the plane and seeing their loved ones at the end and like Mm -hmm. running and hugging. That's one of my favorite things in the world to see. And it it just doesn't exist anymore. Like the TSA has wiped that out. And so I held on to that image. And that's what has made me like persevere through all the TSA stuff is that when we get rid of it, we can go back to having that experience again. Cause it's okay, was... it still exists in bad movies. Yeah, but still, <laughs> I, say... I don't want to watch all those. <laughs> I want to have it. A whole genre of romantic comedy is just wiped out by the freaking yeah. TSA. <laughs> now it's like a news story when the guy like jumped over the TSA line to go give his fiance a kiss goodbye or something like that. It was he got arrested for that. And or I was like, shot. Yeah. yeah, that was so cute. And He's the a love guy terrorist. Shot now. <laughs> Yeah, I I know. It's really unfortunate, Noah. And, you know, I actually have a similar story about maybe eight or nine years ago at this point. I went to a concert and they searched my purse as I was going into the concert and I had some protein bars in there. And the the security guard, which is a private one, took my protein bars and ate them. It was just like, wow. Yeah, well, I actually, I have <laughs> No, hang on. We'll, we'll bring you back, okay? More with Noah coming Hi, up. Yeah, it's cool. More with Noah coming up when we return. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. Call us with your thoughts. We'll be back. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to our show. I'm Stephanie. And Andrew. And Meg. Yes, and thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We're so happy to be here and excited to be your host. You can go to freetalklive.com and click on the studio cam to watch us doing what we do in the studio. You might get a show. (laughs) Andrew, stop. (laughs) Some interesting things going on here in the studio. Uh, And if you want to call us, of course, you can always give us a call at 603-435-1105 and let us know what's on your mind because this is the show about your calls. Got a couple of calls waiting, so I'm going to bring back Noah. Noah, we were speaking with you last segment about a music festival that you went to today and you said that Uh, you were getting searched, right, by some, were they private security Mm -hmm. guards or were they government goons? Well, um, a lot of them were private security guards, but I did see sheriff deputies. Um, they brought mm. them in, and I think they were looking for marijuana specifically. But again, you know, very... Yeah, because that dangerous little. marijuana is going to go kill a bunch of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually wondering, I was going to ask you what they were searching for. Did they make that clear, or were they just wanting to invade um, your privacy? The only thing that was stated was that um, you weren't allowed to bring in cameras. I don't know. They had a little list on the fence. And so they were enforcing some kind of looking. They were enforcing some kind of intellectual property thing. Well, the the funny thing is, is it wasn't cameras. It was specifically detachable lens cameras. Anything that can provide decent quality, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody but, will ever yeah, see this concert like, as good as it can be seen. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you think, Noah, that the, did they find um, any dangerous items on anyone? Because we were just talking during oh, the break. I highly doubt it. Yeah. I mean, we were thinking it must be a pretty cushy job. You know, you get to hear a bunch of bands, you know, to be a private security guard at one of these music festivals, you get to hear a bunch of bands, you get to, I guess, boss people around and intimidate them. And really nothing ever goes wrong. Those people are, for the large part, extremely peaceful, I guess, maybe in the mosh pit. Things I'm pretty sure that sometimes. They're, mm-hmm, I'm, I think it's safe to say that there probably wasn't an incident, you know, all the whole weekend, so... I don't know. I, I have seen a fair share of fist fights break out and things like that that the security guard is yeah, going to break it up. you can't ban fists. <laughs> it doesn't work. That's a very good point, Mick. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, I don't know, Noah, did you feel safer with this whole security crackdown or... <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, no. I thought that would it's be the answer. A, no, no, it was just, I, you know, I felt weird that, you know, I was complaining about it and, you know... The people I was with, you know, could couldn't even, you know, relate to what I was saying. I hate and, that. You know, yeah. That's just the thing. That's yeah. unfortunate. Oh, that that's the biggest thing that bugs me is when I'm talking about liberty and it seems so basic in my mind, and I'm talking to somebody who doesn't have those ideas, mm-hmm. and they look at me like I'm insane. Yeah. And it's like, how could it be insane that I don't want some stranger touching my crotch? Yeah, like you know, you live in a messed up world when that's considered crazy. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I have to defend peace and being left alone here. When did yeah. I get on the defensive for this? Yeah, back in high school, we used to, we used to go through metal detectors every day and get our bags searched and that's get insane you know, patted down and stuff oh, on wow. a regular basis. But every single day, we had to walk through the detectors, and you know, usually they'd search our bags. Well, Sometimes they say school through. gets you ready for life. Right? It does, and <laughs> I never had to. I, we never fr- even had a cop. Yeah, a couple of my friends and I were the only people who ever resisted whatsoever we made a big joke out of it yeah and you know made fun of them when we could but that's all we could do yeah i mean it really is becoming more and more like day prison every single year with these government schools they get just more and more militarized and yeah. more cops in the schools more terrorism drills meant to make people afraid and fall in line it's and, like we had cops come to the school maybe twice and you know when there's a cop at the school that somebody's parent died yeah. or something like that? Like, yeah. that's the only time you would see cops in school. And now I just hear that it's totally normal to have your school's cop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, we had them seventh oh, grade up. That's so weird to me. That yeah. is so weird to Along me. with metal detectors and just was a normal thing from seventh grade on. Uh, yeah. My school, actually, my government school, high school, had a policy where they got like national news for this because it was so draconian at the time. They had this policy where if a student was, if a teacher said that a student smelled like smoke, then the student could be um, suspended. No questions asked. They would always believe the teacher. I was searched for that once my car and my locker and myself. That's unfortunate. That's Hmm. really too bad. Yeah. So Noah, anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, No, that's it. All right. Thanks a lot for the call. And we're sorry you had to go through that, but hope you had fun at the music festival anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Find better shows to go to. They don't search you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Noah. (laughs) Become the band. Yeah. Become the band. (laughs) There you go. Meg, we were talking during the break and we were just saying, you know, anytime you think you're going to get searched, uh, my co-host on uh, She Talk Live, normally Carla, likes to say that, you know, she likes to put a bunch of uh, sex toys and like, you know, yeah. used uh, feminine products on the, <laughs> the top of her bag. So they're just like, OK, go ahead. Yeah, no, that actually when I went down to Florida, I had my big altercation with the TSA. Mm-hmm. 
I was going down to visit a guy I hadn't seen in a long time who I liked. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want to have check-in bags. So all my stuff was in my carry-on. Yeah. And it was all kind of, you know, jumbled in the bag. And they just decided to open it up and take everything out. And so what kind of stuff, you know, was in that bag? Of course. And yeah. it, it doesn't stop them. If anything, they like wanted to lay it out in front of everybody to show them what was in my bag, you know? Oh, yeah. It, I, I've had a similar experience going to visit a loved one yeah. in the past. And it can be... Um, quite embarrassing it wasn't so much embarrassing just as i can't believe you're doing that you know like you should see it go oh this person might be embarrassed by me pulling out you know a lace teddy and (laughs) some toys and setting them out for everybody to see but no they have no shame that's that's nothing to be embarrassed of on your part of course but it's like it, it's just like the nerve of these people, yeah. you know, like, what are you doing in my stuff? Like, yeah. that's my personal belongings. You should not be <laughs> touching it. You shouldn't be looking at it. Nothing. Yeah, you shouldn't know I have that. <laughs> yeah, that is not for your eyes. So and, you know, people follow those principles in their private lives. You would never look in someone's bag oh, yeah. that you didn't know. You would never even dream of doing that. But these people do that. You would never go through somebody's prescriptions in their bathroom. And at the airport, if you have prescriptions, they're going to be reading every label, knowing what you take. Yeah, it's um, it's a travesty. And we have another caller on the line. Let's see what our caller wants to say. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hi, this is uh, Jacob in New Hampshire. Hey, Jacob. Jacob, I believe, if I'm guessing correctly, this is my um, co uh, co volunteer at Free Aid. Right, Jacob? Yes. Great. So what was on your mind yeah, tonight? Yeah, I, I meant to call in last weekend, uh, but I must have forgot. Um, I, was, I wanted to talk about the Free Teen Festival, and, and it's my first time going to a Free Teen Festival. Oh, and uh, oh. I just want to talk, yeah, it, just wanted to talk about how, you know, you know, it was really an amazing experience, you know, for me, you know, because I'm a New Hampshire native, and uh, I was just kind of drawn into the, the activism, you know, as it kind of happened around. And it's the first time I've seen, you know, anything on that scale where the police left it, you know, completely 100% left everyone alone. Like, there were people, you know, consuming cannabis right out in the open. There was someone handing out beers, and mm-hmm. the, cop, the cops, like, just walked 20 feet away, and they never came any closer than that. And not and to mention really um, assembling without a permit, right, Jacob? Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. guy called the cops, too. Yeah, we'll get yeah. more into this when we return. Uh, Jacob, hang on a sec. We'll, we'll bring you back. This is Free Talk Live. You can give us a call with your thoughts, 603-435-1105. We will definitely be talking more about Free Keen Fest and what happened there when we return. We talk live. We'll be back. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers.
This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We always have so much fun during our breaks. We make it count. <laughs> I am Stephanie, your host tonight. Oh, and Meg. <laughs> and Andrew. I'm not going to let you direct that anymore. It's always a different oh. order, and it's based on the pointing, right? <laughs> yeah, and now I'm getting pushed around. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Stop Meg. Stop with you... the aggression, please. <laughs> yeah, this aggression will not stand, man, right? <laughs> the dude abides. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, in our last segment, we were talking to Jacob about Free Keen Festival, which happened last weekend. Right, Jacob? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Great. So, can you give a quick recap of what Free Keen Fest is and what specifically you and I were doing there? Well, it, um, it's a. I guess it happens. It happened twice a year in Keen, or is it every once a year? I forget. I'm not sure. It's, as the first one I've been to was uh, last weekend. So. It happens uh, twice a year, once in spring, once in fall, usually around Pumpkin Fest, which may not happen this year. So Pumpkin I, Fest may not? Yeah, Pumpkin Fest may not happen. I hope not. I hate Pumpkin Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I know last year it inconvenienced me because I was trying to get here to host Free Talk that. Live. And I walked in like three minutes before the show started and I was like, ah, crazy. Yeah, I was trying to move across town that day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be tough. Anyway, Jacob, I'm sorry. Continue. We, we interrupted you. <laughs> so there's all kinds of um, all the liberty-oriented people in uh, in Keene just you know kind of went out to uh, one of the parks and uh, just kind of set up booths, sort of handing out literature, selling things, selling you know food. It was um, actually one of the cool. sections of town, I believe, Railroad Section Square. Yeah, Railroad Square. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, pretty much just like a little, like I don't know how to describe it, but you know, kind of all kinds of different stuff going on. Uh, you know, there was a gambling too. I think there was a blackjack table set up as well. And, mm-hmm. All yeah. kinds of t-shirts for sale and activism stuff being handed out. And uh, I was there with Free Aid, um, the group providing uh, first aid, volunteer first aid. And we were, we were more there for uh, um, just kind of awareness and, and letting people know who, who we were. We weren't really expecting anyone to get hurt at Free King Fest. But, Although there so was a little fun. girl who fell and um, injured her lip and we gave her some. Uh, I, Jacob actually is an EMT and so he aww. had his bag with him, his medic bag, and he gave her some gauze and helped her boo-boo. <laughs> that was aww. nice. But, uh, but I, I, I didn't do too much to help the boo-boo. I gave the bandages to dad and he did all the work. So oh. <laughs> I, I don't want to take too much credit for that. Well, it was it was nice that you were there and that we were prepared anyway. And yeah, as you said, we were basically doing um, some outreach. We did a little bit of fundraising for free aid. And we also uh, did some CPR education. We were giving out some quizzes about CPR. And it's it's a very interesting concept because you you really can't rely on the state or the first responders that are often sort of provided by the state to get to the scene of something really urgent like a cardiac arrest, it's yeah. really so much better if there are people actually on the scene who are willing to help out and just try to do CPR if someone actually does go into cardiac arrest because with every minute that passes, their chance of survival uh, from the incident actually goes down by 10% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in most big cities, the response time from um, an ambulance or EMS or something like that is often eight to 10 minutes. And so yeah. by that time, their chance of surviving is really decreased. So well, just we, anything like just learning the Heimlich maneuver is really important too. Yeah. Cause you know, I had my dog choke on kibble once and had I not known that <laughs> I doubt if an EMT is going to rush out to give Heimlich to a dog. And I don't know the emergency number to call. So mm-hmm. well, Stephanie, didn't you successfully give a mouse CPR once? <laughs> <laughs> I did. This was Cute. part of, this was part of um, a, a, my work, <laughs> but enough about me. Let's talk about Freaking Fest. <laughs> so Jacob, um, 
You said you were. I was going to say, speaking of uh, of uh, CPR demonstrations, I finally got uh, Free Aid has our own uh, CPR mannequin now, so we'll actually be able to give, give demonstrations yeah. uh, at future events. So I think Bardo Farm Fest is the next event we'll be out at. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I'm going to need that blow up do- mannequin back <laughs> next week. Oh come on, they're very rigid dolls, uh, and it's only from the waist up, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's always yeah, got the look of surprise. Yeah. yeah, it's from the waist up and he has no arms. So it's just kind of a torso with a head. Right. He needs some chest tattoos at least. Or maybe some hair. Just yeah. hair. Yeah. Make it more realistic. Maybe yeah. um maybe George some bad breath. Mandrick could donate some chest hair for the American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jacob, you were saying that you were you were impressed by what you saw, right? There was yeah, open yeah, civil was disobedience. Actually... Yeah, um, go ahead, yeah, Jacob. I was yeah, I was very impressed and you know, open civil disobedience and then you know, I saw the police kinda of taking interest from a distance, uh, you know, because they kept kinda of walking past. But they didn't really, you know, they they just that's all they did really was walk past. I saw them talking to a couple of people, you know, far further away. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they were they were they were asking questions or it was the I know someone called in and reported the beer being handed out, so I'm not sure if he was talking to whoever filed that complaint, but they they didn't do a thing about it. And I was very surprised at how uh, welcoming the uh the, just the lo- locals, you know, the people that had nothing to do with you know, the liberty activists, people who just live in Keene, you know, had interest in it, and they were buying things and talking with people. And I think, you know, a few of them even gave donations to free aid. They did. Um, yep, there was so, a yeah, lot of interaction, a lot of interaction with locals this time. And most of them were extremely friendly, except as as Andrew was saying in the last segment, there was a bar owner, right, who called the, the police. Is that right? Do you want to tell I, him? I don't know if he was the owner. Oh, I just okay. know he was sweeping the patio repeatedly. I gotcha. Just to watch. Yeah, that was an excuse for standing there. Well, I mean, it was funny because at one point there was open cannabis smoking, as there sometimes is in Keene, and you know nobody called the police in that instance. Nobody called that you know about the big festival with some bands playing and a bunch of people gathered and playing games and making lots of noise. But I guess at the point when someone started handing out beers, the rumor that I heard was that someone had called the police, who was from a a bar around who didn't want the free beers that people were giving away to cut into their competition. Yeah, which I'm sorry, this bar is so gross and dirty. Oh. I won't say which one it is, but it's... Oh, it's, why not? If it's so bad. No, no. I'm just saying it. Like, it's, okay. it's the club that, you know, people go to to get really drunk and have one night stands and do the walk of shame the next day. Like, that's Yikes. the type of bar it is. Ouch. And so I don't think we were cutting into his crowd because his crowd doesn't really show up until they wake up at like five in the afternoon. Oh. So, you know, he's just... He's not getting business because he's got a bad business, not because of us. <laughs> and, and maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of a snob, but if you're if you're threatened threatened by uh, if your bar is threatened by Keystone Light, I mean you have seriously yeah. have to <laughs> look back into your bar because you know, that was that was be, what was being handed out. Um, That's a good and, point, uh, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Hence <laughs> my Keystone statement about that bar. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's great, yeah, Jacob. I, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you were. Um, Impressed by what you saw, and did you have any other observations? Well, I just kind of wanted to feed that back into. I, I know Facebook's been a big topic recently, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and Dale dropping Facebook was a huge thing. And uh, and uh, I just want to say, like, the Facebook, you know, really helped me get involved in the whole Liberty community because you know, I, I never really, you know, was involved in it from the start. You know, I was I'm a New Hampshire native, so I've been here all my life pretty much, and and just you know, meeting people here and there, and then you know, they had me on Facebook, and then I get invited to stuff and. I go to those events and meet more people and just kind of the, the sheer networking power of it. I think it, you know, helped, you know, expose me to those ideas much faster than, you know, 
uh, you know, I otherwise would have yeah. been exposed to that. I've I've definitely noticed that it's it's really a lot easier to plug oh, into yeah. the activists community, I guess, if you are on Facebook. And, you know, there's the Freaking Forum and there are other non-Facebook alternatives. But I do agree with you, Jacob, that it does make it a lot easier. I mean, I've met people who don't even live in New Hampshire who are liberty activists and gotten together with them. Garland, who does all the graphics for free aid, is, is yeah. a great example. I've never met. I met her in person at Porkfest last year, but... I uh, haven't really spent that much time with her in person, but, you know, we've interacted on Facebook every single day since last Porkfest, working on free aid well, stuff. Yeah, well, and, and up until Free Teen Fest last weekend, the, my only interactions with you is actually on Facebook. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to have finally met you in person, Jacob, and it's it's great to be working with you on free aid. And uh, if unless you have anything else, thanks so much for the call tonight. Yeah, I think that's it. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling, and uh, we'll see you at Bardo Fest. That's the next event. Yeah. Thank you. So we do actually have another call on the line, but um, just final thoughts on Jacob's call. I thought that was great to hear the perspective yeah. of a New Hampshire native. And yeah, definitely, because I, I, you hear so much negative stuff a lot of times, especially here in Keene. Yeah. yeah, there are some people who, who are haters who don't want anything to change, I guess well, you could say. there's a lot of busybodies, and they're really the ones who are vocal, mm-hmm. but yes. they're the ones also enacting this tyranny so yeah exactly the, the vocal most vocal busybodies are the ones who run for city council and yeah. stuff like that anyway this is free talk live you can call us with your thoughts 603-435-1105 we got a call on the line why don't you stay tuned and find out who it is we'll be back free talk live Welcome back. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for listening to our show tonight. I am very excited to be your host, Stephanie. And Andrew. And Meg. Yes, indeed. And you can call us 603-435-1105 and let us know what's on your mind. We actually did have a call on the line that was hanging on towards the last segment, but the call dropped right after I pimped it. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. I shouldn't have done that. But caller, you're of course welcome to call back and you can of course call us 603-435-1105 and let us know what's on your mind. I think we may be talking about some female oriented issues, I guess, coming up <laughs> like breastfeeding and also men's periods. <laughs> it just sounds like an interesting topic to me. It, it Is that really a female like... issue? <laughs> I guess not. I guess it would be a, a genderless issue or a... It's something that affects us all. <laughs> but uh, I think it's interesting for our audience listening and maybe will inspire some calls. And of course, you're always welcome to call in 603-435-1105. And wow. <laughs> Sorry, there's death happening outside the window here. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of harassment from outside. You know, you would think the cold would, would keep them in, but there there's always no. a raucous party going on <laughs> around the FTL studio. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear Jacob's perspective on Free Keen Fest, which happened last weekend. And, you know, I think sometimes maybe us as New Hampshire liberty activists may take it for granted a little bit, the awesome community that we have here and the fact that there are just so many people around here who mm. are always interested in doing activism and also always interested in socializing and doing other things of that nature. <laughs> and, it, you know, it. I guess from someone's perspective who's not used to being surrounded by people who get the ideas of liberty and who are at least somewhat like-minded, it can be a real shock 
to experience that for the first time. And it's just like, wow, I, I want to experience this more. I yeah. like this feeling. Yeah, it, it, it starts to feel very normal, though, after a couple of years, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but it definitely is a huge shock. And I couldn't imagine what it'd be like now. You know, I was here two years ago and that was, you know, a big impact then. But now there's so many more people here and so much more happening on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it's weird how... Like when you first get here, you're still in that mode of like, I'm the only Liberty person. So I always got to talk about these things. But because everybody here always talks about those things, it actually reaches a point where you're like, wow, I'm now the person who doesn't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just give me a break from it for a minute, guys. And yeah. so, you know, finally, you're not the crazy one out of your group of friends anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It's and definitely a good feeling. I could never imagine myself going back. Like no. I, I could never go back to a land of statism where I don't have you know, people surrounding me who actually understand and get these principles that, which are so, so important to me that I was willing to move my home for them. And I can really say that now New Hampshire actually feels like home for, for good. Mm -hmm. And so I plan to stay here for sure. So if you want to experience this, I guess, if you want to find out more about what this community is about, because that's what Porkfest is really all about. It's the community, it's networking and meeting people. Um, check out porcfest.com. That's porkfest.com. And what you'll find there is the all the information that you could ever imagine pertaining to the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world, which is the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And every year the Free State Project puts on a event, which is uh, a camping in the woods. It used to be a long weekend, but now it's a week. And it's going to be phenomenal this year. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it always is. but It always is. <laughs> it's, it's always been really fun, but it, it gets better and better every year, even though you don't think that's possible. I'm just so excited about this year. There are all kinds of different events. And if you go to porkfest.com and click on the events tab, you can see everything that's happening. But, man, there's everything from activities for kids. There's like a kids agorism thing where they're going to be selling Different, the kids are going to sell different things. There is the Liberty Ladies One Pot Cook-Off where you can sample all kinds of different food. There's Buzz's Bigger Gay Dance Party. That's going to be big. It's going to be <laughs> off the hook. I've seen um, Ian Freeman's costume for it, and I have oh, to say <laughs> it's worth going for that alone. <laughs> There's, of course, speakers. we got Stefan Molyneux, Jamie Crane from Wheels Off Liberty. He's, uh, he's speaking? About uh, what? <laughs> I don't know if you could call it speaking more like drunken... <laughs> Addressing a group in front of a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be facing the wrong way for half of it. And it'll be worth watching, I guess. Others <laughs> uh, like uh, Roderick Long is speaking to one of my favorite um, philosophical, uh, scholar, more scholarly kind of writers. Um, there's the Soapbox Idol, which is a rant off, which had some nudity last year. <laughs> oh, oh, and as the one who was closest to the stage oh, with a camera. I'm so sorry. And I was unaware that that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm focusing on why does this guy that have... aggression? Wa- I don't know. <laughs> I felt aggressed against because I was looking at the guy's feet like, why is he wearing one sock? And then all of a sudden I look up and it's like, wow, there's a penis in my face, <laughs> you know, right there. Wow. So... Yeah, well, we, we don't... Uh, that won't necessarily happen to you if you come to Porkfest this year, but there's guaranteed to be some awesome stuff. There are going to be, um, you know, all kinds of organizations, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, Free Aid is going to be there giving, um, providing volunteer first aid and uh, CPR outreach and all kinds of other stuff. There's going to be tattoos. There's uh, tattoo artists. There, yeah. there will be all kinds of 
amazing food. I mean, they, there's just the free market really comes up. And yeah, I'm glad they made it a week just for the food because last yeah. time I didn't get enough time to try all the food that was there. Yeah, and I really wanted to. I had chocolate chili at Porkfest. That was delicious. I had that too. Two years yeah. in a row. <laughs> my uh, my my site mate, I guess the mm-hmm. campsite mate was the one who made it. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember who made it. And now I think I do because I actually <laughs> tried it as well. But yeah, just all kinds of fun things going on. So porcfesd.com if you want to check it out. And you can also start networking. I mean, if you, do, if you want to go to Porkfest, want to see what the Free State Project is all about, maybe see a little bit of New Hampshire, but you don't know anyone yet, you can always go on the Porkfest forums and network and start to meet people. Mm-hmm. And those are really the start of relationships that last for many, many years and hopefully a lifetime as we try to get more freedom here in New Hampshire. So, yeah. yeah, we're very happy about that. So um, we did want to talk about the rapture, right? Guys? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, okay. I call you guys, but I, I like to say maybe lady and gentleman. That's a little <laughs> more specific. <laughs> Just sounds so formal. <laughs> so why did we say at the beginning of the show that the um, rapture is coming? Well, the rapture is this week, apparently, uh, the 21st. And according to who? Uh, this is the Christian fundamentalists. Mm. They're the ones who have... Uh, been hyping, you know, at a lot of those uh, outreach, I guess they would call them demonstrations, where they yell at people with signs saying the rapture is coming and God hates you and, oh you know, convert now or die. So, yeah, just the, the very hateful, to, hateful yeah. people, huh? One to hear people's opinions on what they're going to do after the rapture, if I they're th- going up to heaven or what. <laughs> I think if you want to guarantee torture, you know. Become part of their little clan for uh, the next five months. Yeah. You want to guarantee guilt and torment and uh, horrible feelings, repression, bad clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you have plans for the rapture or the zombie apocalypse, you can feel free to give us a call 603-435-1105. But um, man, you know, the, the religious stuff, I, I have to be honest, it's just so unappealing to me. Yeah. I mean, I know that there are some people who... That argument probably really appeals to them when you say stuff like, well, you know, Jesus was really libertarian. Uh, you know, I've heard people say that before. <laughs> Jesus was uh, very anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian. You know, he wanted you to follow your heart and own yeah. yourself and all that. And there are a lot of different people who say, who kind of bend what their interpretation of Jesus's philosophy was to fit their particular ideology. But Gosh, those arguments just turn me off so much. Yeah. And I, I hate... Well, plus, I'm just like, why can't you think of it on your own? Why does Jesus have to know it? Yeah, yeah. It, it sort of seems to be incompatible with the ideas that we're trying to get people excited about because yeah. it's like, okay, we're we're talking about diso- not, not obeying um, government, thinking critically about every action that you do, being responsible for your own actions. And it's like, okay, you, you shouldn't have any allegiance to state or obedience to arbitrary authority but you should have complete obedience to god it just doesn't seem compatible to me yeah Yeah, i don't need a centralized organization to tell me to be a good person yeah whether it's government or religion absolutely and it seems to me that in many ways religion and the state are two sides of the same coin and historically they've colluded a lot especially to control people's behavior in the in the realm of marriage and Mm -hmm. you know restricting people's private lives what they do with their sex lives and how many children they have and you know yeah all kinds of things Which, money uh, how I've much money they give to the church that like the marriage the state involvement within marriage started as a health concern like uh to make sure that people who had like certain diseases were 
aware that their partner had this disease or their partner was aware that they had this disease. Uh, and that just seemed to, you know, break off into something completely different where I've heard that it started for racist reasons where they, they wanted <laughs> to be, control, you know, different races marrying each other. Yeah, that could be totally true, too. I mean, yeah. public school education, you know, can, yeah. what can you really gain from it? So Ugh, nothing. And it's just <laughs> it's it's so unfortunate, I think, when people try to take that religious tact because I find it a huge turnoff and I think a lot of rational people also do as well for me religion is somebody's own personal thing it's a faith thing and I you know you can do whatever you want with your faith it's not for (laughs) me to say anyway if you have thoughts on this we may have just ignited a fire you couldn't be wrong (laughs) Uh 603-435-1105 are we wrong this is free talk live give us a call and we'll be back Welcome back. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We are so glad to hear you. Have you listening? Not hear you. You're hearing us. (laughs) Well, we hear you when you call. That's right. We do. And we do have a call on the line to start out the third hour. But of course, I am your host, Stephanie. And Andrew. And Meg. Indeed. And let's see who this mystery caller is. I said it was going to be good. And I think it is. Caller, you're on the air. Who's this? Is it really a mystery who this is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you're saying that because every time we have a third hour where I'm hosting Free Talk Live, or really anyone is hosting Free Talk Live. Well, Mandrake, Nick hung up on him one time, though. I was furious with Nick. I bet you were. I mean, that's yeah. that's a travesty. I've hung up on Mandrick once, but it was a total accident, and I apologized, and I had him back, and I groveled at his hairy feet. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hair, that's why I'm calling in because see, I, I only call in the third hour of She Talk Live, and while Andrew is, a, I'm sure he looks damn good in a dress. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't think he has the the gear, but uh, well, you know. Andrew, do you have anything but, to say for yourself? I, I I'm speechless. <laughs> I have that effect. So so I'm sitting there on the couch, you know, laying in my boxers, my little dingus hanging out of. Uh, oh you know, my god, Mandrick! <laughs> Nobody's uh, hairy, at least, right? <laughs> Work, working on working on my third bottle of Nyquil, and I hear you guys. Uh, Are you sick? Talking. To, Are you talking just about taking it for fun? No, I'm, just getting, I'm just getting. He's robo tripping. So, <laughs> wow. Oh man, so, go I hear ahead. Somebody saying something about donating chest hair for a dummy. What, what what's your obsession with with my chest hair? Well, Am I, you said my feet hair just now. What's going on? <laughs> it's silky. It's soft. It's luxurious. It's really got everything that I'm looking for. In it's like a bearskin rug in front of a fireplace. Just sexy. Yeah. yeah. And I think, honestly, it, Mandrick, if you're willing to put in the effort to grow, grow out your chest hair and then donate it to the free aid CPR mannequin, I think it would really help make it a lot more realistic. And then that way, when people actually do CPR... Um, you know, your customers will have the advantage because your baklava and your train wrecks and all your other meats put hair on people's chests. And so now when people get trained by free aid on how to do CPR, they'll know to push a little bit harder because the extra cushion is there. Does that make sense? And the won't be freaked out by the feel of hair. Yes. <laughs> you need to make the dummy possible. smell like bacon. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's possible to, for me to grow it out anymore. But if you guys want to shave me, that that's fine. You can you can have at it. That sounds good. We could make it a fundraiser for uh, yeah, civil yeah. disobedience. Make it a <laughs> something like that. You said about train wrecks. Now you got to explain what that is. Should, should you want to explain what that is? To please, people? please do. Yeah, I think All our right. listeners uh, would yeah, like I, to know. <laughs> I might get I, hungry. <laughs> you're going to get hungry. 
So uh, we, you know, Georgia's famous baklava stand will be at Pork Fest and we'll be at Bardo Fest this year. But uh, I got some new sandwiches I've been designing, and this, this is by far the the like the most. I'm calling it the best sandwich at Pork Fest. I, I want to see somebody top this. But uh, I take uh, I've been working on the bacon weaves right now. I, I take ten pieces of bacon, about close to a pound, and I weave it together, and it makes like this nice little like baskety net kind of just you know like a weave. It's <laughs> a just net flat. of awesome. <laughs> exactly, a net of awesome. But, it, you know, and then we take that and we put gyro, you know, we bake that and then we put gyro meat, onions, tomatoes, and tzatziki sauce. And then we have that instead of a, instead of a, a pita bread, we use this giant weave of bacon. And then you eat this sandwich and you feel completely satisfied for at least 24 hours and you don't need to eat again. <laughs> yep. And actually, I, I have to let our listeners know, I have reserved, I have pre-ordered a train wreck for every single day of the week uh, at Porkfest. So I'm going to be eating one every day, and then I have solved my food problems. Uh-huh. I feel like Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm yeah. betting I'm going to lose weight on these train wrecks because they're just so low-carb <laughs> and awesome. Yeah. For the record, I, yeah, I've been eating low-carb now for about close to two months, and uh, I've eaten a lot of train wrecks, and I've lost 30 pounds already, so... <laughs> Yeah, and it is, I mean, it's not funny. It's a tremendous success that you've had, and I'm so proud of you for um, changing your lifestyle in that way. I bet you feel really good, huh? Thanks, Mommy. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome, son. Creepy Uncle George. Yeah, he's my creepy Uncle George. (laughs) (laughs) For the record listeners, uh, uh, just so you know, they were talking about how, oh, we use Facebook for activism and blah, blah, blah. You know what they're doing with Facebook? They're talking to me the whole time they're doing the show. Well, that's because you're texting us. And so what are we going to do? Just say, go away, George. Not going to talk to you. I'm just saying. (laughs) Talking to you is a form of activism because we figure out these wonderful fundraising schemes for Porkfest like... The um, motorboating booth. The motorboating booth. Yeah, I was wondering if Meg wanted to talk yeah. about that on the air. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah. So Meg, why don't you want to tell the listeners about? Well, the, I still don't idea. know what the idea exactly is. Okay. I just that's like, fair. I had an it's idea. Half baked. Yeah, half-baked. I had an idea for like you know, there's a kissing booth thing cliche that happens at high schools or whatever, mm-hmm. and I thought that would be cute to do for a fundraiser sometime at Porkfest because there are so few girls compared to guys, and mm-hmm. the guys get kind of. Oh, that's getting better over yeah, time. Yeah, it's getting better. It's say. just, it's still not there yet. Yeah. And so I thought it would be cute to have like a kissing booth for a fundraiser because that would make money since there's so many males compared to females. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the oral herpes aspect. And yeah. I just, I don't want cold sores. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's just some people like breath issues, all those things. <laughs> but then like motorboating, yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, it's kind of intimate, but in a fun, lighthearted way, yeah, that would just playful. be a great you know, fundraising booth and it'd be hilarious. Where else would you see I just see got that? yelled at for pointing my finger at you too aggressively. Well, that's because it was you. Oh. <laughs> I just have problems with you pointing Apparently. at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I hear you about the breath issues. I was a little bit, you know, I, I definitely understand the fear of, um, you know, getting cold sores and stuff like that. And that's mm. that's a real concern. Although herpes is one of those things that's so... Oh, here uh, we go again. <laughs> It's one of my pet issues because I've looked into it before because I've been interested in it. You know, I'm in the medical field and I wanted to know information about it because people ask me about it all the time. And I'm just, it, you know, it kind of fascinates me. It's like, how can this virus hide out in your nerve endings and then just cu- decide to come out whenever it wants to? It's just kind of creepy. This and is weird. hour three of Free Talk Live and Sirius Stephanie needs to go away now. 
<laughs> okay, fine. She can she can go away. Okay, silly Stephanie is back. So, Mandrick, <laughs> what do you think of Meg's idea? What do you what what uh, what do you think it should be a fundraiser for? First of all, because I think this would be. I think this may actually make make a lot of money for some worthy cause, and you know we could do this for maybe CD Evolution or some or kind just of free me. aid. <laughs> or, <laughs> or just I need money. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, makes a great cause. There you go. Uh-huh. You know, Meg, Meg makes uh, Meg's website Liberty Flare is so awesome. I, I oh, I just updated it this week too. It looks oh. much better oh. now. Lucky for you. I, That's great. She's gonna. She's actually making little one inch buttons. Uh, I ordered some for uh, for my business, so I'm I'm excited to get a hand get my hands on those. Absolutely. Yeah, I would like to put those on my bags because what Meg, what you say about your business Liberty Flare is true. Yeah. It's like, you know, people put these buttons on their bags and then they just hang around forever. And they're a really good outreach tool. People like yeah. to read each other's buttons. I forgot their bands and stuff. Yeah, I forgot I had a cop block one on one of my bags when I was walking around New York with my mother mm-hmm. and somebody came up to me and totally not the guy who would ever talk to me. You know, he was sort of he looked homeless, very, mm-hmm. you know, black gangster looking. Yep. And he just comes up and starts a conversation with me about it. Oh, cool. And, wow. you know, I was just like, wow, I didn't even know it was there. And now I'm talking to this guy about, you know, the importance of standing on your own against the cops. And he was saying how, like, he had his apartment invaded and whatnot. Oh. And I said, it's because you open the door, right? You talk to them. Oh, that's and you didn't have to do that. And so these little teeny things, they're only 50 cents a piece. They can start conversations like that. They can get that message out there. So absolutely, it just became an easy way for me to make money and to get that idea out there at the same time. Yep. I do like it when people follow their passion, which is activism in your case, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and also graphic design mm-hmm. and find a way to make a living at it. Cause I think that's just what everybody should be doing. doing yeah. Something that doesn't feel like work. And I don't love. pay taxes on it. You know, I, yes, great job. I have I all like that, that stuff, but <laughs> it's, it's still in the beginning phases, so it's a struggle. And I don't suggest anybody, you know, go out on a limb right away without looking into some different things that they can do and how much it's, you know, going to take. But mm-hmm. once you take that leap, it's it's worth it. It's a lot of work for sure, no doubt about it. But it's, it's definitely worth it. I totally agree. Yeah, well, Mandrick, you know something about this too because you actually work for yourself as well, right? You want to talk about that? I mean, yeah, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I mean, it's something I just do on the side right now, but coming up to New Hampshire, you know, so, you know, have my website, but then coming up to New Hampshire to sell food is also a lot of fun. That's that. Give us your website one more time. time. Oh, com. Yes. Very nice. Mandrick.com. M-A-N-D-R-I-K to get some of George's famous baklava. It's so yummy. <laughs> and maybe you could even make arrangements to pre-order your train wrecks for Porkfest like I did. <laughs> but I had the personal connection. <laughs> Mandrick, hang on the line. We'll, we'll bring you back. Right. Hold on a sec, okay? More with Mandrick when we return. We'll see if he's got anything real to talk about. <laughs> this is Free Talk. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie here with you. And Andrew. And Meg. And let's not waste any time. Let's get back into the call with Mandrick. Mandrick, are you still on the line? Oh, I'm still here. Oh, great. That's wonderful. So I I believe you actually did have a story to talk about, um, and you wanted to talk about situational activism. So um, tell us what was on your mind. Yeah, I got a couple of different stories I could talk about, but uh, the one... Uh, I don't carry ID on me. I leave it in my car at all times mm-hmm. because what's the point? I mean, if someone's asking for my, for my ID, the only place I have to show it is, is in the car, basically, by law or whatever. Yeah, it but, can uh, only kind of lead to bad things, right? They're, and and when they're doing that, they're 
investigating you, right, or whatever. They're they're probably trying to get you for something, or I don't know. I, no good can come of it. I think. I, I totally agree. So yeah. even when I go to liquor stores and buy booze, if, if they card me, I should really just take my shirt off. I mean, that's. I think I'm just going to do that. From <laughs> now on. Look at the hair. This yeah. kind of hair could not be grown by a juvenile. <laughs> yeah, but but. A lot of times, I just if, if they do card me, sometimes they just, it, like, especially around holidays, I'll get carded just because it's like it's one of those things where it's like you got to card everybody or else. And uh, what I'll do, a lot of times I'll just talk. I'll be like, hey, look, I've been drinking stuff for. Sometimes I'll give them the speech. <laughs> you know, it's like I grew, up, I grew up with a family full of Greeks where there's no, you know, they came from a place where there's no drinking age. So, right. you know, I, I knew how to responsibly drink by the time I was five or six years old. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, it it is... A different culture, you know, in the U.S., pe- people are so afraid to give kids alcohol because they can literally have their kids taken away. But what that does, I think, is create really perverse unintended consequences where young people who could be responsible about drinking alcohol, it could probably be no big deal to have half a glass of wine with dinner or mm-hmm. something like that. They end up never having that experience. And so alcohol becomes this really taboo, really fascinating and oh, yeah. sexy thing. And they're like, ooh, let's binge drink. Let's do it in secret. And then it goes underground. And then it's just unsafe because they have no experience with it. They think it's something, you know, that that is just, just to be experimented yeah, with. You know? I actually have the worst first drinking story ever because oh. everything was made so taboo, like from, you know, alcohol, cigarettes, Uh, drugs everything like that was made so bad that Mm -hmm. the first time i drank it was my boyfriend at the time's 18th birthday who's canadian so i sort of excused it that that's the drinking age so i can understand like the binge at 21 whatever so i drank with him got pregnant that night really so it's like i didn't know anything about that and Mm. i didn't know anything about sex as well so just like double whammy and that's what happens you know because you're hiding everything and yeah, I'm I didn't so know sorry that, to hear that five shots of something, you know, so tiny could make me such bad judgment. <laughs> yeah, it really does do that. I mean, it's no joke. Like, you know, sometimes we joke a lot about alcohol and I didn't and, mean to make everything heavy there. But <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I don't I'm a person who doesn't drink. And, you know, sometimes actually people call me out on it or question yeah. it or whatever. But I just don't enjoy it. It's, <laughs> why are you laughing, Mandrick? What's what's so funny about that? <laughs> there, there may have been a party I was at one time in Keene where I was oh. one of those people calling you out. Yes, I don't I, think I can repeat it on the air. Though. Mandrick made a toast to the sand in my crotch because <laughs> I wouldn't drink a shot. Not in him. those words, but yeah, I remember. Yes. <laughs> and it's on video on YouTube somewhere. Believe oh, me. it's on YouTube. Oh, Stephanie no. is much worse than any drunk if she's tired. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do tend to act a little bit drunk when I'm tired. Really seriously it, tired. It, <laughs> it's funny because I, when I was last up in Keene, um, we were at a, after karaoke. People, everyone thought I was drunk, and I'm like, no, this is just how I am, stone cold sober and <laughs> completely uninhibited. You know, you really can have fun. I think in our culture. We tend to repress a lot of things. And this is serious Stephanie coming out again. We think we tend to repress a lot of things. And people use alcohol as an excuse to act the way that they would really want to act, but they feel that they can't yeah. because they would be judged or they they would, I don't know, make decisions that they don't think are very good or whatever. Which is so sad because I like being silly. Like at all times, I don't need alcohol to be silly and stupid. That's just me. And so that's why I love you, Meg. Yeah. If it takes Mm -hmm. alcohol for people to act that way, those people are really repressing something. Yeah. 
I agree. I took my pants off. I was sober. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what you guys do at a party. That was just yeah. comfy. You actually did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but, uh, while we're at it, why not? Why not get comfortable? I mean, we often see. Do you mean here right now? <laughs> <laughs> pants were made by the lizard Jews. I'm just saying. Yeah. They, they're terrible. They do have they're an evil plan from the middle of the but, earth. But um, but no, I'm I'm just saying that I think alcohol. You know, I think it becomes a problem when people need it to have fun and they can't have fun without it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's fine to drink and, and whatever as long as it doesn't hurt you, you know, in the long term. I, you know, I'm, I certainly wouldn't want to use the government to, to force people not to drink alcohol or not to drink more than a certain amount of alcohol or even to regulate alcohol manufacturing or selling or anything like that. And it, it does all those things right now. Um, and I don't like that. But at the same time, I don't. I don't support someone hurting themselves by drinking so much alcohol that they scar their liver or they pass out and don't remember what they did the night before. Yeah, or they eat a light bulb. Yeah. Oh. This winter here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that could really cause some serious damage. I, it's just... Uh, but, I mean, yeah. we all have friends that kind of look out for us or we're the people who look out for those. And so... We, we would hope, yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, some people aren't lucky so lucky to have those friends and especially in a region like New Hampshire. I mean, Dartmouth college is one of the most famous colleges for having one of the worst drinking problems for undergrads in the U S because there's just not much to do in the winter when it gets really cold and people want to stay indoors. And Mm -hmm. so what do they do? They drink. And not Mm -hmm. only that, like older people with alcoholism up here, you see a lot of that in the hospitals and things like that. It's just, it's sad. People drink because they're trying to uh, remedy pain that they have in their in their minds and their hearts. And sometimes they just drink to have fun, but other times it can be a lot more serious than that. And so I think we really have to say something about that. I'm not trying to be, a, you know, a fuddy-duddy or whatever, <laughs> but you can have fun Do without it. alcohol. It's It's simple. I mean, just be yeah. yourself. But if you are going to get retarded drunk, it's always good to have that friend around who will plunge your face with a plunger Yeah. if you need to throw up. Well, I mean, first you have to draw a penis on that face with a Sharpie and then plunge it because Listen what's passing out if you don't draw on somebody with a Sharpie? It just... Yeah, Meg's got a point there. I know. If I was passed out, I would expect to wake up with a Sharpie penis. That's. I was at a party where you passed out and I did not draw a Sharpie penis on well, your face. Well, uh, to be fair, I was just taking a break. Because I could not keep up with you and our friend Tim. Um, So I I needed a break halfway through so I could get back to the drinking later. (laughs) But just so people know, you were going toe-to-toe with me at the time I was 235. And you're like, what, like 85 pounds soaking wet? 86. 86, excuse me. And like you were drinking for like four hours straight. Yeah, I was doing good. And then I was like, what happened to Meg? I took a nap. (laughs) Yeah, right. So anyway, but, uh, now that we've gone on that tirade about alcohol, I want to hear your story, Mandrick, and try to wrap it up oh, in a yeah. couple minutes because we've got some other topics to get to. Sure. Yeah, I was at a store with two people uh, when I was up in New Hampshire. Yeah, and we two were unnamed a, people. One of them was two me. Two unnamed people. <laughs> one of them was you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other one was buying beer. Yeah. And uh, they, they required ID from all three of us. And I don't carry ID, like I said. So, and we're all was, around age 30. Yeah. And look at, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know. And so... I am a homo. Uh, Wheels Off Liberty help our marketing objectives homo. Mm-hmm. A card-carrying uh, so homo. Card-carrying homo. And a so they, asked me for my, <laughs> so they asked me for my ID, and uh, Wheels Off Liberty has cards. They literally issued them out, and I pulled mine out, and I was like, here you go. And there's Jamie Crane. my ID. 
Yeah. Mandrake, thanks a lot for that story. I can't believe they thought you were under 21 with all that hair. <laughs> we do appreciate yeah, you. your call tonight. You go. Free Talk Live, more coming up when we return. Give us a call, 603-43. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Welcome back. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for listening to our show. I'm having a blast tonight. And I I just want to thank you before I forget. I want to thank you, Meg. And thank you, Andrew, for coming in with me on short notice. I actually thought uh, I may have had another co-host lined up, but uh, wasn't able to connect with that person. So I'm glad you two were able to help me out. And uh, it's been a blast doing the show with you so far. Oh, so we weren't your first choice. We were just... uh, We were the backup plan. You were the (laughs) B-list. Well, it it was actually um, Brett from the School Sucks podcast who I've done shows. Oh with yeah, before. he's way better than us. No, I think you guys are great. Actually, I mean, I just thought it would be good to do another show with Brett because he always uses it on his podcast mm-hmm. and everything. And um, I actually wanted there was something specific that I wanted to talk about with him, which was um, not voting. But maybe we can talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm a big fan, and it's getting awkward with all my friends jumping on the Ron Paul train and. I can't be there with them, so... Yeah. Sort of... Well, okay, so (laughs) I guess to give a little bit of background on this issue, and by the way, if you have thoughts, give us a call, 603-435-1105, and you can always go to freetalklive.com, click on the studio cam to watch what we're doing in studio. But it... Okay, I guess we should back up the train. Um, The three of us are here in studio, and I don't want to speak for any of you or presume anything, but... Personally, I identify as a principled non-voter and uh, someone who is not interested in having, who wants a a completely voluntary society. So no government. I'm not interested in having a small government. I want none. As do I, but that would make me a non-principled voter. Uh, Non-principled voter. If you're a principled (laughs) non-voter, I'm unprincipled and a voter. (laughs) Well, you just... um, you suck, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Andrew, you do vote? Is that what you're saying? On rare occasions. Okay. Well, no, it's... I, I attempted to vote for Nick Ryder once and failed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Meg, what about you? Uh, I'm not a voter. Okay. I, I Like, I, I feel bad now because, you know, I understand the whole excitement behind the Ron Paul thing. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's a great way for people to hear the message of liberty, at least, you know, the first step mm-hmm. towards liberty, but I, I cannot in my right mind ever consider myself a voter because right. that would be saying, Hey, this system, like I want to participate in that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can't do it, which is another reason I had such a problem going to a jury trial. Cause these are supposed to be a jury of my peers, but the only way you can get on a jury is if you register to vote. Yeah. And since I have mm-hmm. such a problem with voting, these are obviously not my peers. And yeah. so it, you know, <laughs> your it's peers hard. would be the ones who aren't on that yeah. list. Yeah, it's hard to be, you know, a non-voter. I guess. Yeah, in this weird world where people think voting is legitimate. Yeah, I mean, okay. Here, here's my take on it. I absolutely agree with you. I think that the reason I decided to stop voting, there are many reasons, but 
it really fundamentally boiled down to I just can't lend my moral support to a system like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that when you vote, you are not going to get you're not going to influence the results of the election. Let's be real. I mean, yes, people love to point out and pull out the examples of small towns where th- things have lost um, or passed on a one, one vote, vote margin. Thing. But, you know, they, they always request a recount. It's usually v- dirty political motivation. Yeah. And when it comes down <laughs> to it, somebody else is getting the say in what you do with your life. You're, you know, going into this saying, hey, I want to say what you do and I want you to be able to say what I can do. And nobody has to participate in that. Nobody has to be a part of that. But and people will. Ch- yeah. And, they- and somebody is going to get that position where they have control over your life. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I just, I, I think it's a false choice. You don't have to consent to that whole system. Because mm-hmm. when you cast a vote for something, it's almost as if you're saying, I, I feel this way. I feel as if you're saying, if I lose, if the thing that I voted for loses, I accept, I accept the result. Yeah. And I don't accept the I result do either not. way. Well, what if you're just voting against something by voting the other way? I, you're still saying the I system don't... is valid enough to... Yeah. Waste my time checking off a box. So if the system is is invalid and you refuse to vote because of that, then you need to stop buying cigarettes. You need to stop buying no, anything that has with, nothing with dollars. To do. Yeah, you no, need that's to go completely different form of voting. Woods. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think it's hypocritical to maybe you know have a driver's license and also refuse to vote on principle because I think everybody needs to behave and live their life in a way that they feel most comfortable with. And if you don't feel comfortable going into that voting booth and registering and putting your name down and checking a box next to a political candidate or a ballot measure or whatever, then you shouldn't do that. And I I don't think that anyone should feel bad about that. I don't think that other liberty activists should make people who don't vote feel bad. (laughs) And I have no problem with people who do vote. That's their choice. It's just for me. I have a problem with people who vote because they're trying to control me. <laughs> well, oftentimes, I mean, like when people give me their liberty perspective on voting or something like that, I'm like, that's fine. You do that. Me? No, I, mm. I just cannot bring myself to that level of interaction and legitimacy to them. Well, and, you know, one other thing I, I voted the last time I voted was in 2008. I voted for Ron Paul in the primary and in the presidential election, I was so sickened by the whole political process at that point that I decided for the first time that I was going to abstain from voting. And I felt a little conflicted about it at the time. Mm -hmm. But then after that, I just, I didn't look back. I read about it a little bit more and I was like, no, I can't, I can't engage in this anymore. And I have to really be honest, that was around the same time that I stopped kind of following the the news, which is largely political in nature. And I I stopped listening to the news sources where they talk about the politicians all the time and they talk about all the bills that are in the works and all the sausage making that they're doing. Yeah, I did the same thing. And once you step outside, you realize it's none of it matters. Yeah. All that matters is the fact that person A is trying to control person B. Whatever the issue may be is irrelevant. The fact that it's an issue is a problem. Yeah, it's dancing around the whole core concept of the whole thing, which is people using force to control other people's behavior. And it's a, for me, it was a real sense of psychological freedom and relief to remove myself from to, to choose not to subject myself to that, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, Andrew's here and he's he, he votes and I don't think well, I don't actively vote like every chance I get. I'm not all yeah. excited about going out to vote. Well, that's what I was about to say. I'm not going to burn the calories to go vote in the federal election or anything. Right. 
Yeah. And I don't think you're sitting there following all the news sources and thinking about all the politicians and wanting to name drop them and everything. But so, I mean, maybe you do experience some of that psychological freedom, too. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can maybe we can talk about it. Let's see what this caller has to say. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Uh, Why is Andrew cheating on me? Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> Nick Ryder. Because I'm fired. You it's fired him, so we took him out. Hi, Ryder. And, and Andrew thinks he can just go gallivanting on other Free Talk Live Sunday editions. <laughs> I guess he does. He what do you have, have to say about that, Andrew? Well, I thought I only had a couple, you know, one or two left, maybe. I, my, my days are numbered. <laughs> Whatever. Are you using all your show prep on them? I, I, I had no show prep, <laughs> and I didn't use any of it here because I had none to use. All right. Ryder has and I, a, I said, a jealous streak. I said if I do get any show prep, I have to save it for next week. Writers are local authoritarian yeah. when it comes to free Ryder, talk. Ryder, I, I have to say, he actually did say that. He said, I'm not using any of my show prep tonight. It's all you, Stephanie. And so I just ran with the show prep that I had. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's sort of more acceptable, but still. Sort of more acceptable, kind of like as acceptable as voting for Nick Ryder. <laughs> exactly. And Ron Paul. That would be a good vote, too. Hey, Ryder, you don't own him. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> owns him. <laughs> Whatever. He needs me. He better not be... Uh, I need you for what? L- listen to this what abuse. What do I need you this for? This is like a, a spousal situation. I know. Right, well, I'm just going to sit back and watch this play out. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> well, I miss him. He wasn't home all weekend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving home. I'm actually like on the phone in Connecticut, which I think is illegal. But Yeah, probably. Well, good so for you. So I probably have to go. All right, Ryder, thanks for calling and weighing in with your authoritarian stance on your ownership of Andrew. And, uh, all right, well, be, be safe all right. if you're going to do it. See you later, babe. We sure will, you too. <laughs> thanks, Ryder. They're going to go home and spoon after this. Oh, yeah, it's very cute. Are you the big spoon or the little spoon, Andrew? What do you think? <laughs> I want to hear more about Andrew's take on voting because yeah. I, I think it's interesting to talk about. And oftentimes we get the perspective of Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live who... Well, we'll talk about this coming up. Free Talk Live, if you have thoughts about voting or not voting, call us 603-435-1105 and let us know what's on your mind. Free Talk Live, and we'll be back. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Stephanie, launching into the final segment. And Andrew. And May. Sorry, that was a little awkward. <laughs> I tried to, to be... say and Andrew after you said Stephanie, but you kept going. <laughs> I know, I screwed that up. I try to be professional, but you know, hey, this is... <laughs> it's not always easy, just like pimping. So, <laughs> speaking of pimping, I want to remind you all about something. Um, I haven't announced this yet because I wanted to make sure it was all set up. But coming up, by some twist of fate, I actually got the Sunday Free Talk Live the day before Porkfest starts. Woo-hoo! So I have a special something planned. I'm going to have Mandrick, who just called in, and Taryn, who was on last uh, She Talk Live, talking about the FBI agent. He's a a, um, a very good good friend of the show, I guess you could say. Just an awesome guy. Yes, good all around friend awesome. of the Liberty Movement. He does the LCL report, and of course, Mandrick has his George's famous baklava and his stand at Porkfest. And so, I'm going to have those two on. And let's just say, I think it'll be a very very entertaining show. <laughs> <laughs> I have been told that pants will come off during the show. I don't know if I believe it. I guess you'll have to tune in to find out. But anyway, last segment, we were on the subject that 
was pretty serious. We were on the subject of voting or non-voting, and we were kind of recapping our own stances on the mm-hmm. issue. And we did actually have a call that came in during the break. Michael in Connecticut wants to talk about this issue. Michael, are you here? I am here, yes. Hi, thanks for calling. So what what were your thoughts about this? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent. I just, um, I'm after um, three years ago with what happened with the uh, LP, I, I would have voted for Mary Ruart, but after she lost the nomination, I decided to just say, I just wrote a little note in the ballot box saying, no representative, please keep it, keep the seat empty. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> and the machine made a funny noise, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They never give uh, you that option on voting. I'd vote no. if there was that option. Yeah, none of the above or just uh, keep it vacant. You <laughs> well, know? I would vote if that option was there. And yeah. if you voted for it, it means you were automatically left out of everything. Yeah. 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 If, oh, how I wish. I mean, there are people who, who think there's some magic papers you can sign to opt out yeah, of government no. things. And I don't think that works because they just kind of do whatever they want anyway and yeah. aggress against you. But, oh, man, if there was something I could sign or vote for that would just let me opt out, I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> it just seems oh, like yeah. Plus, you know, just as um, there are many pro-liberty, uh, a lot of pro-liberty people who do vote, there are a lot of... There are a lot of people who don't vote who are not pro-liberty because their, you know, their status, you know, their flavor of statism is not being represented or that the system is not what they want it to be, too. There are a lot of authoritarians who don't vote. Do you think that's true or do you think, see, what I see is the majority of people kind of just voting for whatever is closest to their particular brand of authoritarianism or maybe even not even thinking about it that closely just saying the popularity vote yeah exactly well i like this guy he looks presidential i'm gonna vote for him he looks good on my t-shirt yeah (laughs) yeah they don't even really know what what the politicians stand for which is really unfortunate because it's like okay i I guess I wouldn't hold it against someone if they wanted to choose a person to rule their own life i mean i Mm -hmm. i disagree with that i don't want anybody to rule, be ruled by anyone else. I like independence. I want people to stand up for uh, to manage their own lives. But, you know, I guess I wouldn't begrudge someone who wanted someone else to who wanted to choose someone else to manage their life. But when someone's when someone's choosing a manager for my life and yeah. he's choosing someone who affects my decisions and on top of that doesn't even really know what that person stands for. Yeah. It's really pretty egregious when you think about it. Also, I hate the retort, well, if you don't vote, then you have no say in oh, what no. happens. No, well, if you, <laughs> it's usually if you don't vote, then you can't complain. And I say if you do vote, then you can't complain because yeah. you are tacitly accepting the outcome of whatever statist politician is yeah. elected, I think. It's true. Yeah. So I'm blaming and, uh, you. <laughs> I think both sides of the extreme are obnoxious. But- the people who blast someone for voting or the people who blast someone for not bo- voting. They're all ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. I just think the whole enterprise of voting is ridiculous. So it, if you it use is. it, I, I find you ridiculous by default. And the reason that I'm the reason that I'm even bringing this up or talking about it on the air. I mean, some people will say that, the, oh, this is not a big deal. You know, we're all kind of working towards liberty and let's get the government smaller and then we can talk about minarchy, anarchy or whatever. But... Honestly, for me, it was such a big sense of relief when yeah. I re- when I just made that decision to be completely outside of the political uh, system as much as I possibly can. And going, you know, something that went along with that was not voting. It was just such a a good thing in my life 
that I want to share that with other people. I want I don't want to be quiet about that, just like I don't want to be quiet about the ideas of liberty or yeah. any, any of the ideas that I espouse. Well, plus it's such oh. an... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it goes beyond non-voting, too, because, you know, if we sure. continue, we got to, you know, if we keep paying taxes into the system or obeying all their edicts, non-voting it's on its own won't accomplish anything. It's got to be more than that, you know. It's, it's like... Uh, it's like, I don't know, I can't quite put it into words. I'm trying to think. Um, well, do you, I mean, do you think that um, when you said it goes beyond non-voting, I also thought of kind of living free or maybe doing this yeah. Yeah, situational activism yeah. that we were talking mm-hmm. about at the beginning yeah. of the show. Oh, we're wrapping it in. <laughs> yeah, it's coming full circle on Free Talk Live. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I didn't even bother last year. It's like You didn't bother with voting? Yeah, I didn't bother last year. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I think... Even even a lot of the liberty activists up here who who do vote, I think they would probably agree that in a place like Connecticut, um, it's so enmeshed in statism, and there aren't even the candidates that are better, I guess, or more no. more into liberty oriented ideas mm-hmm. to vote for. I guess no. um, I, I guess what's his name, Peter Schiff, is down there in Connecticut, right? But uh, you probably don't even have the opportunity to vote for him, and. Uh, you know, a lot of the ballot measures even are determined largely by status. And it's yeah. like, do you want big government A or big government B? And it's like, oh, yeah, it's just like, you know what it reminds me of when when parents give their kids a choice and it's like, OK, you can eat carrots or you can eat peas. Yeah, and the kid's it's like, like, no, I want chocolate. No, I want chocolate. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Michael, we do have another call on the line. Is there are there any other thoughts you wanted to get out before we um, take this next call? Oh, um, oh, that was about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for weighing in. We always appreciate your calls. And we'll go on to the next caller. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Yeah, this is Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Hey. What was on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I wanted to um, uh, let you know how I felt about voting. Lay it on us. <laughs> uh, well, the way I look at it is pretty much the same as you guys. Um, I don't vote mm-hmm. and I uh, can't do it for the moral reason. Mm-hmm. But um, on the other hand... I, I do support Ron Paul, and and uh, the way I, ex- I explain it to people is if he has to vote, feel like he needs to do it, then, uh, you know, that would be the person that I would support. I see. But okay, so... I, I hmm. get a little bit excited about Ron Paul, but I also won't vote. So. Well, what if you had a liberty candidate locally in your town that could do something that would affect your life in a positive fashion and, you know... Well, bring... just because I think they might do it, you know, you don't know what they're actually going to do. Well... Even Ron Paul. Other good candidates like that have done some not so good things. Yeah, I just, it comes down to even if I voted for somebody and they got in, I would still dislike the government. So, and at this point, you know, if Ron Paul did by some chance win the presidency, what can he really do? What would he do? Because the only things that he could maybe possibly do to make those extreme changes towards liberty are things that he would not do because they are not within the realm of a president. The presidents now would take those opportunities because they overstepped their bounds. But mm-hmm. if Ron Paul was to get in there and acted like a president is supposed to act, there's not much that he could really do. And it, it also brings up the question of, can you really achieve good ends? Can you achieve freedom yeah. and liberty by using a corrupt system? <laughs> you can prevent more damage. And you answered a question that wasn't my question. My question was locally, not nationally. I didn't answer your question. Well, you jumped in. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, what do you, so what do you think about that? If there was a liberty candidate, if there was somebody locally, locally I just go up to talk to that person, and say, "Hey, 
I don't want you running my life either. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not. I, there's I, res- no- I respect those people who want to do that, who want to use that system and use that avenue to try to affect change. And I definitely think their heart's in the right place. But it seems just so difficult and so almost impossible to achieve those good ends by using the political process. And that is what I've seen. Like, it, it seems like evidence from New Hampshire so far supports the fact that it's really difficult to achieve freedom using the political process. I mean, it's difficult any way you slice it, but I, it just seems kind of incompatible to me um, to, to get liberty using politics. And I would choose to, I want to do activism that I'm excited about. So mm-hmm. I would choose to spend my time hosting free talk live rather than. Yeah. Getting, well, see, I don't yeah. feel that I'm going to get liberty through politics. I feel I'm going to, you know, prevent more tyranny mm-hmm. at least that's better than nothing. All right. Well, this, Bruce, thanks for the call. We, we're coming up on the end of our show. Thanks. We appreciate you calling in. This has been Free Talk Live and a great discussion. Maybe we'll continue it some other time. Thanks so much. This has been Stephanie and, and Andrew and Meg. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.